Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Kid Lab Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Sam. And uh, it is our one year extravaganza show. Woohoo! Woohoo! Now we've got all sorts of awesome stuff for you today. As long as you think that uh, our normal show's awesome. Because, <laughs> you know, you'd think that we'd get off our asses and do something extra special for our year show, which is actually, it was a year a week ago. Yeah. Uh, first of all, we have gone ahead and uh, changed our website. Have you checked it out, the new website? No. It looks pretty similar. It's a WordPress thing. It's going to save us some money. So we decided to shoot it on over there. Uh, the there's still a couple of uh, technical issues that may come up. I think I've got them all, but if there's any issues, you guys should uh, shoot me an email, Mike at kidhavelab.com, to let me know if there are any problems. The, the uh, forums haven't changed anything like that. Uh, as far as that, the rest of that stuff goes, let me know if, if you guys have any problems. You know, I'm I'm just getting the technical de- the details out of the first that's, of the show. That's the important stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's the important. Well, not really, but uh, also here is uh, here's the announcement. This is the last episode of the Cadaver Lab podcast. Nice. Like, I'm serious. Really? Well, on the current feed. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> That's no. not an announcement you're going to make? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm just teasing. But uh, basically, what we're going to do is, and we've talked about this before, is we're going to start uh, moving off our current Potomatic feed and we're going to switch over to a new feed that i'm going to have up within the next couple of days uh we hope to it basically we'll run them in tandem for until october 7th and then in october 7th we are turning off the potomatic feed completely and hopefully everybody's hopped over to the new one so uh if you haven't yet uh go ahead and do that actually i hope to i hope to have that done by the end of this week so we'll say actually we'll say by um august fourth which i think is a monday i'll have it done hmm. so after august 4th go ahead and look on itunes for a new cadaver lab podcast feed again we're just trying to save some cash you know get off potomatic we've uh we kind of uh, you know after after doing this for a year it you know i i kind of look back and say man i wish i would have done it this way or this way but we didn't know what we were doing no we just set it up to start talking <laughs> we just wanted to talk well and to be honest with you I was just, I, my my first concern was like, well, let's get it up and let's see if anybody listens yeah, to it. Right. And apparently, there's a few listeners, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna keep it going. And I'll tell you what, Podomatic's actually been. I, I've heard a lot of, of uh, podcasters complain about it. It's been pretty good to us. We haven't had very many problems. It's just more expensive than uh, uh, than you know other solutions. And we're you know we figure if we're gonna spend money on the podcast, let's spend it. Doing awesome, sweet stuff. Well, the, the, what, what happens is, is we have to hold back part of our show because it's too expensive to produce. So, <laughs> so now you guys are going to get awesome show from from now on. You yeah. will know what you've been missing. Yeah, I know. All it's right. going to be great. <laughs> you know, that's real. Let's see. That's all the the uh, things I wanted to get off my chest in the begin in the beginning of this show. Uh, do you have anything else, or do you want to get right into it? Let's let's get right into it. Let's see, we have a couple of emails, and I mean, here's how we do emails here. We, we basically, well, I mean, most of them come to me, because if you fill out a form on the website, that goes to my email address. So, if you want Sam to see something, I'm not going to forward it to his ass, so make sure to email him directly. <laughs> it's sam at cadaverlab.com. I, we get a lot of emails, but I only want to bring up the, the ones that I feel like are really important to... Uh, talk about not that we don't appreciate them it's just that if we read every email we would have a five and a half hour long show and um i don't know i'd be all right with me i I think i'd lose my voice 
Because well, I, I why I'm, none of the emails went to you? I'd be reading them all. Oh. <laughs> you should have seen that Sam's like, oh damn, I was trying to set Shit. you up and you just took it away. From Dang me. it! Sorry. Man. Um. First of all, I don't know if we, if we mentioned this before. Uh, there is a uh, independent horror film studio out there named Ruckus Productions, and uh, Charlie Ruckus, the the guy who runs that church, has been really cool to us. He sent us a bunch of. Uh, uh, like demo DVDs, things like that, and we've been sending them out here and there. And by the way, Zombie Girl, I am—I just haven't been able to get to the to the uh, sending yours out for winning the Handsome Man contest. Did you even know about no. that? No, <laughs> you, you haven't been in the site in a long time. Yeah, I'm man. not going to make excuses. I well, just I've just... actually been working on the site, so I, you know it's been right in my face. There is a movie out there called Bob's Bibles that none other than James from the Dried Blood podcast stars in. Really? He has a starring role in it. Wow. I took a screenshot from it and uh, put it up there as a contest to see if anybody would know who it is. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, and then they, uh, Zombie Girl actually got it, and I'm about to send it over. But anyways, uh, back to Ruckus Productions. I just want to give these guys uh, a minute because they've been really cool. He, they've actually offered to do interviews for us, but it's funny because I was going to set one up, and but... Uh, I think Corey from the Midnight Content or Midnight Podcast did an interview with him. That bastard. Yeah, what is he doing stealing our stuff? Let's put it this way. He does an interview <laughs> you know, at least once every other episode or something. We haven't we haven't done any. I mean, we, we've got to interview each other or something. Actually we've yeah. done one. I haven't had time to put it up on in the feed yet though. But anyways, I just want to give them a shout out. Give give everybody their uh, URL to their website to go because they just put out a new movie. Uh, called The Package. Go to ruckusproductions.com slash WordPress. That's R-U-C-K-U-S productions.com slash WordPress. Did that seem like a shameless uh, ad? I think that's good. I mean, if they're <clears throat> if they're doing good stuff for us, I mean... Well, I'm not trying show. to kiss in the ass, and it's not like they're paying us or anything. These guys are just... These guys are really cool guys, and they're doing... You know, they're helping out the horror community, so I figure let's do what we can to promote them. And his name his name's Charlie Ruckus? Charlie Ruckus, and there's a couple other guys... That, um, is he a former uh, uh, WWE? Yes, man, we is. are on the same wavelength. Oh, man, we haven't seen each other in a couple weeks. It's but, awesome, but it's but it's almost like the psychic umbilical cord never got cut. Um, okay, and I uh, wanted to mention one last thing, and this is another shameless promotion for Robert Best. He has put out his book Lakewood Memorial, brand new book. Uh, I'm gonna play a promo for it coming up. So. I just wanted to let everybody know to go to robertbest.com. I hope that's a thing. I'll make sure to check it and cut it out if it's not. Uh, and check out Liquid Memorial. Um, also, if you go to don'tlookinthepodcast.com, there'll be links for it there. That's, he does a podcast. Hmm. Uh, well, that's all I've got as far as emails that I wanted to mention. Uh, you have anything you wanted to talk about today? Just movies. Listen, you have not given us anything yet. Hmm. You, you've not been pulling your weight this episode trying to think yeah you're right well don't hurt yourself <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. So, wow there almost went the soundboard so uh what, what do you want to do want to get into some e- uh, voicemails let's do it let's do it hi guys this is julie from 19 nocturne boulevard just calling to reassure you i just get lost because your show takes so long to come out that i'm never quite sure when to call and when not to call so i just call when i think of something and You know, I don't want you to think that I've forgotten you. (laughs) Pheromones, eh? Hmm. (laughs) Oh, and uh, one note on sundown. 
I don't know. I totally agree with you on it, just not knowing what kind of movie it is. But there's one good line. It doesn't elevate it to watchable movie, but it does amuse the heck out of me. And uh, that's, you know, the bad guy leader, and I can't remember his name, but, you know, he's dressed as a Puritan the whole time solely for the purpose so that when he's faced down with Carradine, Carradine can say, in his best John Wayne, so it's you and me, Pilgrim. (laughs) Oh, have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, a couple things. Julie, you are correct. It is very long when it comes out. (laughs) And the second thing is, I I don't know if I've noticed before, but she really does have a sexy voice. Like, she really does. (laughs) I was noticing. What you, I don't know how to respond to that. You're looking at me like waiting for a response. Well, I'm waiting for it to do. say yes. Yeah, I agree. No, no, no. This is your deal. You're, okay. you're the pervert that, uh, <laughs> that likes a jacket to uh, <laughs> Julie's voice. I don't. With the, with the, what the? I can't remember what you said last time. <laughs> flicking the leopard skin beanbag or something. I didn't say anything about my pouch. I yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm actually really surprised that she ended up calling back after the way you've been treating her. You know what? I joke around with her, but I was just noticing her, and I'm not bagging on her. She That was really sexy. She has a sexy voice. I'm going to go listen to her show now. <laughs> she does all sorts of dramatic acts. And I'm going to listen to it, because right. I'll tell you what. That's Never it? Mind. That's Never it? Mind. <laughs> you, you were going to make a masturbatory joke, weren't you? No, I was just going to say that I really like to go to bed pitching a tent. So I'll listen to her I'm show. I'm glad we all went silent waiting for that to yeah, come out. Yeah, wasn't that hilarious? That was great. That was so funny. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. You know, it is good to hear your, your voice again. I, You know, I thought that Sam pissed you off, and you know me. I just want everyone to be happy, you know. I, I just want everyone to be happy and love one another, you know. <laughs> That's it. Sam, this is Kevin Bacon, and I've had enough of your stuff. I'm a serious actor and musician, and I've heard what you said about me, and I'm not afraid of you. Me and my brother will kick your ass. You can check out our latest CD at BaconBrothers.com. I'll be waiting. (sighs) I'm so glad that Kevin Bacon, and I'm not surprised because he doesn't have anything better to do than call our show. I'll tell you Why that right because now. Because his, uh, his career's in the dumpers? <laughs> because he's, yes, right? he's so stupid. <laughs> Kevin Bacon sucks. Hey, Mike and Sam, this is Ed from northern New York. And uh, I just saw a bumper sticker that I, I thought you might like after your douche cast story about the guy in Home Depot. The bumper sticker says, I don't have an attitude problem. You're just an asshole. So you may want to pick that up your next, next time you're tchotchke shopping at your local uh, market. Okay, that's it. Bye. All right, for anybody who missed that, the, what was it? The la- I think it was our first douche cast. You know, every month we nominate a douche of the month, and I ran into a guy uh, walking into the Home Depot. Well, I actually followed him in, you know, in the car, and then we, I happened to see him inside the, the Home Depot. Uh, guy had a bumper sticker that said, proud to be an asshole. So I walked I walked up to him. I, I just ran into him in the Home Depot, and I was like, F you, asshole. He's like, what? Like, F you. Pretty proud to be an asshole, so F you. I was, I mean, I was dropping. He, he was a little, if you would have looked at him, you would have, like, realized that, yeah, this is the this is the type of person that, like, named douches after. You know, douche, 
has his picture. <laughs> but let's put it this way: if you're gonna if you're gonna sport one of those, you should expect to get some shit for it. Yeah, don't you think? And oh I, yeah. And I think that we, as non assholes, need to call them on it too. Am I wrong? No, you're exactly right. What? Would you not agree with me? No, I agree with you, but you definitely more vocal about it, which I think is fine. Well, well, no, you think it's fine? What? <laughs> well, no, no. I was just gonna say I agree with that stuff, but you, you, you definitely are the one that, that will go confront somebody about that. Well, I would suffer in silence and be pissed off in silence because I am a giant slit. So wow. <laughs> You're cutting that part out, right? No. No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a big dick. But I'll tell you that I feel like it's my personal responsibility. But if somebody's <laughs> going to publicize the fact that they're, that they're proud of themselves for being worthless, I'm going to make sure that they, that they know that they're doing a good job. All nice. right. Bring it on. Hey, Mike and Sam. It's uh, Justin. <coughs> I just got back from uh, Japan and catching up on all your episodes. <sighs> I really enjoy your man in the street and uh, dedication <coughs> from uh, Sam. But I actually have a suggestion for your man in the street bit. I would try going to Taco Bell and uh, asking for some nachos <coughs> and seeing if they if they uh, they ask you if you want nachos or tacos. And just ask them if they're making fun of you. See if they get you both. Anyways. Uh, yeah, super sick. So, uh, catch you guys later. Bye. Dude, that you know what, that I really appreciate that, Justin, because I am going to go hop myself up on some cough medicine to come up with brilliant ideas like that. Because I'm going to do that for the next show. That is a brilliant idea. Why, why do you bring him hopping up on cough medicine? Because he was sick and he came up with a brilliant idea. He ah, was sick three okay. or four times. I see. If that's how you're coming up with good ideas, because honestly, I cannot, besides asking people if they'd eat their own shit or, uh, you know, if they'd have sex with an animal, or I, I've kind of just run out of ideas to go to, to talk to people about. So, I, you know, that's a great idea. Nacos. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'll take an order of nachos. Well, don't enunciate the in so much. Like, nachos. <laughs> I'm going to do it. What is up, Mike and Sam? This will be the Metal Mikey calling in. Okay, maybe there's more than one. Well, what are you going to do? They can't quite sue for copyright, I don't think. Anyways, I'm calling in because, hey, I like talking to you for another. I realized my last voicemail sounded really shitty. I should know better by now not to leave any calls to anybody after about maybe uh, four hours of sleep and only just kind of dragging myself to work. I don't really sound the best, so I apologize for that. And thirdly, to congratulate you both on a fine episode about non-Evil Dead Bruce Campbell, Camp Bell movies. Yeah, I kind of was shown the error of my pronunciation ways via the It Came From The Basement show. You might know a thing or two about those guys. Anyways... The thing that I found most interesting about this episode is the fact that I could actually 
really identify with your opinions. It really was sort of like, hey, you hit all the points that I felt really needed to be addressed about the films you covered, and my opinions weren't that differing. I will say, though, I'd, I'm actually going to kind of gather your differences and just say that, I, in my eyes, my name is Bruce, and Bubba Hotep are both equally bone sawed. I mean, Bubba Hotep, like you said, it, it's definitely more of a thoughtful movie. It's not quite as, like, goofy Bruce Campbell as people would expect. But, you know, it's a very well-done movie. And quite honestly, it's a movie that really makes me wish Don Coscarelli would actually put out more films. It doesn't really have a vast body of work. So, I don't know. Maybe he's just one of those guys that just knows when to make something and make it have a lasting impression. And my name is Bruce. Now, that's just fun as hell, laugh out loud, Bruce Campbell goodness. What's there not to love about that movie? And yes, Sam, when I first saw it, about a week straight, I had the Gwandi song stuck in my head. What are you going to do? Now, I can't say much about Sundown because it's hard to track down and really... I think I, I think I sort of touched on this on an episode previously. But yet again, it deals with vampires. Not the biggest fan of vampire movies. That's just my hang-up. Oh, and yes, I realized in my lack of sleep from my last call that I forgot to drop an important note. So, Mike and Sam, no, I am not aroused by auto accidents. They don't make the wood jump up from the dead. So, it's good. It's all good. Anyways, yeah, both did a great job. And can't wait to see what you come up with next. Okay, yeah, that's all I got. I'm shutting up, really. Unless, of course, you want me to talk about Renegade, starring Lorenzo Gomez. But, you know, those were his glory years. I mean, we got to scale it back a bit for Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Okay, no, seriously, I'm shutting up. Talk to you both later. Take it easy. Bye. I am so glad the Metal Mikey cleared that up, because this whole time that he has not cleared that up, I thought he liked uh, to screw cars. And and get aroused by auto accidents. So, Mikey, thank you for clearing that up. You know what? You know what the uh, big announcement earlier in the show almost was what? That uh, the Cadaver Lab podcast will now be the Reno Reigns Revolution <laughs> podcast. We're renaming it. That would be sweet. So we can do everything that has to do with Renegade. Yeah, baby. I'll tell you what. You know, I freaking used to love that show. Did you really? I mean, I used to watch it all Ugh. the time. It was right. It, I used to watch uh, Hercules and that. Right, I swear. Oh, really? What job was it? I think it was. I think it was a job I had at night, and the only one I can think about was uh, the Mexican restaurant. Oh, really? El Matador. I guess. And El then I got Matador. And then, so I'd get home, and that, and then uh, Renegade and Hercules would be on. Really? So, and I'd watch those. Just sit with my dad and watch those, and then they'd go to bed. Wow. Yeah. What happened about- to Xena? Princess Warrior, dude. 
Um, Did you ever watch that? I not really, mm. but uh, not because I think it was only because timing. In fact, that's the only reason I think I watched Hercules was because it happened to be on at a time when I was watching TV shows. Mm. But uh, no, I don't know. I didn't really. I didn't really want to get into any of those. It was just. It was mostly Reno Reigns and the <laughs> Renegade. And then once that was over, I was too lazy to get my ass. Reno Reigns, dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He was the most sensitive badass. In oh, the world. he's he's not a male stripper. Oh, he might. He be, he may be now. Oh, okay. For all I know. What? Have you never seen it? I have not seen that show. Oh my! I know what you're talking about. So, he's on a so wait, 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 wait. Before you say another word and maybe yeah. kick you in the ball, you've been talking this much shit about it. And you have yet to see. I haven't seen a whole episode of it, but I did. My brother Adam used to watch it all the time. <laughs> so I'm going to call all him the out. time, all the time. Yeah, so, so it must have been good. Well, he tried to grow his hair out like that, like right out of high school. He did. Oh yeah. <laughs> he had a Loren- because, because of Lorenzo Lamas. He had an I oh, love. That's pathetic. I love Lorenzo Lamas bumper sticker. No way. I am Reno. No, Reigns. he didn't. No, I wish no, I, I wish no. I had a uterus to have Lorenzo Lamas' children yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> He's gonna kill no, him. no, he t- no, no, no. Adam had better taste and stuff like that than you did. Um, I have a question for you. Okay. And I'm not even going to mention uh, why Mikey's wood is dead. But there is a common theme. And maybe maybe I, this is just something that I've picked up on a little bit. But it seems like there are a lot of people out there who just hate vampire flicks. Just don't dig them. And, you know, and that's fine. And I'm not trying to to bust your balls or anything about that. What I'm what I'm trying to understand is, is what about them? Can you can you, what what is it that you, that you feel like you can make that broad of a statement? Because to me, there are so many different kinds of vampires that it would be difficult. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, there's a lot of movies that are the same. That still, you know, and they all basically have the same, you know, rules. A lot of them do. You know, some don't. But to make a statement like that, I mean, that is excluding a lot. Of films, you know. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that, is the predictability factor in that you there's like five different ways that this that the movie has to end. He's either going to get out in the sunlight, he's going to have a cross get him, he's going to have a stake get him. Uh, so, really, that's so, the only. So what you're saying is every <clears throat> vampire movie in the world ends with the vampire dying. Pretty much, most of the time. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll say most. But like of the... with a zombie movie, you can have but, like think but, about but Dawn the thing of the is, Day. Is, uh, do you like westerns? Um, not really. I mean, I, maybe that was bad. Yeah, I what don't. about uh, basically? There, I mean, if if you're gonna watch a show that uh, has a good guy versus the bad guys, one one side's gonna go down. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there there's a lot of ways. You're right with vampires. There's there's a lot of ways, or there's only a few ways that uh, most of the traditional vampires can go down. Mm-hmm. But the journey to get there and to set it up and do all that stuff. I mean, there's got to be a lot well, of a lot of Unique ways you can do that. I think that's why I really liked The Strain by Guillermo mm-hmm. del Guillermo del Toro. Uh-huh. Is that it was kind of it was kind of a different deal. Okay. Now I may be wrong because these the next two books may end up a different way. So the the the, the books may end up and, and go right back to the same vampire stuff that always happens. But like if you think about zombie movies, those go. I mean, we're going to talk about Dead Girl tonight, completely different. You think of Dawn of the Dead wasn't really about the zombies. I mean, they were around, but you got this story going on. So, right. I, I don't know. I think I think with vampire movies, they kind of fit in a little box. And once you set it and up, zombie it has movies to go don't? away. No. And werewolf movies don't? No, well, werewolf, I think, kind of falls somewhat in the same, in the same way. A silver bullet has to kill it. I mean, I don't know. 
Does it have to die? I'm just throwing it out there with with you asking me the question and having 30 seconds I'm not, to think I listen, about it. Listen, I'm not trying to. No, I know. Well, I, I, know. I haven't given this any thought until I, I know. now, so I'm well, not trying to be a dick. No, I know, I know. And I, I, I think playing devil's advocate is good, but that's to think of something really quickly, um, if that's one reason why vampire movies would get repetitive for me. Like, I really liked um, the one that we did that was, oh, what was it called? Where it was about... Uh, Dracula's life. It was a real guy. Oh, the Dark Prince. Dark Prince. I mean, that was good because it didn't. I mean, you're you're talking about his life more than what some of the vampire right. mythos is. Right. I don't know. Well, but I'm thinking yeah, about no, I'm you. thinking about Dracula 2000. I mean, it's well, this story. Well, listen, of this I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's so many awesome vampire movies. I'm just saying that there. I think that there is a variety of vampire movies that, to me, it would be hard to say that. But uh, it would just be hard to say. I hate vampires. Yeah, you know because yeah. well, I can't even. What's that? I can't believe I can't remember this. But there's a movie with Lance Henriksen in it and um, the older brother Chet from Weird Science, <laughs> Bill Bill uh, not Pullman, Bill Paxton, where they are uh, where they're vampires and, and except for they're not like the traditional vampires and they're out and I'm gonna get my balls kicked for not remembering this movie. I it's, I freaking watched it within like the last month. But anyway, uh, I mean that that is a completely different type of vampire than say. The vampires from uh, what was that stupid ass movie called? Uh, Queen of the Damned. Mm-hmm. You know where? Listen, I I, I have to admit that uh, I like the soundtrack to that movie. Like some of the the tunes in there, are, I think are pretty good. But uh, the movie itself is just it's so over the top, cheesy and you know dramatic and uh, almost pretentious. You know. But, uh, you know, two completely different types of vampires, and yet still vampires, you know? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't mean to, I don't mean to bring up, and I'm, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but uh, I just, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to, it would be hard for me to make such a blanket statement. Well, there are, maybe are Mike's there, got balls. Are there a I lot of people that feel that way? You know, a lot of, you know, and the thing is, is maybe this is just my perception, but uh, I've heard that a lot lately, uh, maybe on Twitter, on other, sh- other podcasts, um, you know, and I wonder if it has to do with the state of the vampire movie right now. Hmm. You know, because Twitter, or not uh, Twitter, what's that, Dan? Twilight, Twilight came out, and uh, that basically just kicked everybody in the balls. And we were actually talking about that on the forums, about how, you know, I don't care if you if somebody likes Twilight. I mean, there are different types of movies because there are different types of people. To be honest with you, I don't think anybody was marketing Twilight for a, you know, 32-year-old you know, bald, bad mother effer. You know? <laughs> that I'm talking about me. <coughs> but uh, you know, it, of course. I mean, it, it's a Hollywood thing. They're making a story for you know a certain type of person, and obviously, that that person picked it up. The uh, with the 15 year old girls in Housewives and all that, they picked it up and they made a shitload of money. Well, yeah, but you know, it's too bad that they had to use vampires to do it. Why though? I mean, what does that take away from other from other? Uh, Genres. I mean, what does that movie take away from a really awesome vampire movie you like, like uh, Fright Night? You know, I don't know if it takes it away from the. I don't know if it takes away from those movies necessarily, but it just takes away from the the, well, the listen, vampire. I, well, thing. listen, I I know that there's a there's a special place in our heart for a certain type of what have you, and, and you know, and a vampire is one of those things that if I'm on a vampire, I want it this way, this way, this way, and this way. Well, that just we we can't just sit here and say. Oh, because I watched Christopher Lee growing up. That's that's a vampire. Anything other than that sucks. Because then we then we exclude like the Thirty Days of Night vampires. Well, we but I, I don't think I think we have an idea as to what vampires should be. And so, it, it, well, who so, defines what they should be? Uh, me. 
I, I okay, so you're just talking. So personal. I'm just talking about me that I enjoy Thirty Days of Night because vampires are scary and they were very violent. Right. So for someone else to call Twilight vampires a vampire movie, it's 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 kind of like listen, I you know for I, me, no, I don't like it. Fine. Am I going to go out and kill people over it? No. I I don't know. I just I don't know what my problem is. Maybe I'm just. You know how I'm all belligerent? And I think it's because you like Robert Pattinson, but maybe that's just my own. Robert Paxton? Pattinson. He's the dude that plays the main vampire. In uh, Twilight? <laughs> oh, I love him. <laughs> he's, he's a very beautiful man with those eyes. Oh, I love it. But, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't I don't mean to go on a diatribe here or, or scold anybody or whatever. Yeah. I just, you know... I, there's that whole... Like, Stephen sent me that whole vampire book. The mythos is just... Of vampires is one of the most interesting things mm-hmm. that uh, I out of any monster that, that that's out there. Um, like for zombies, typically we don't even know where they came from. A mm-hmm. lot of times, you know, sometimes we do. Oh, you know, it. it, it I think the Dracula. I'm, I'm going way too far off on this. We're talking way too long. But I mean, okay, zombies. Some nuclear waste gets dumped in there versus, you know, years upon years of Vlad in his whole real historical. Um, you know, whatever, and then his excommunication from the church, which brought him blah blah blah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I, I I would hate to just to have somebody say that is. A, I think they're just missing out. Is all I guess. Yeah, I think there is no definitive answer to that. It, it really does come down to personal preference. Same reason why we don't like romantic comedies. We just I'll tell you why I don't, don't write like romantic them. comedies because they're funny for the first twenty minutes, and then for the rest of like the forty minutes. Wait, that's like first of the hour and ten minutes they kick you in the nuts. But over that's, and that's over what and I'm over. saying. But it's the same thing. It's like people think those are just great and that's uplifting, awesome movies. Where personally, personally, we just don't think they're good. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm not like I said. So I'll make a blanket statement and say romantic comedies suck. You know what? There was one that just came out uh, a little while back that my brother hates me because I don't like, and that's Knocked Up. And, yeah, it, it's kind of on the dirtier side of uh, romantic comedies, but it's still a romantic comedy. And yeah. it was funny for the first, you know, this one was probably funnier for the first, you know, for a bigger portion than, than typical. Mm-hmm. But I freaking ended up hating that stupid-ass movie. <laughs> Which is awesome because then uh, then Superbad came out, and that's like my favorite uh, <laughs> comedy in a long time. Anyways, holy crap. All right. I blame you for that. <laughs> I'll take it. Mike and Sam, how's it going, numbnuts? This is Fubar from Fango calling in again from the Lone Star State of Texas. And let me tell you, words cannot describe how inhumanly disgusting the weather is in this freaking place I'm in. Anyway, just wanted to give you guys a little voicemail for your one-year anniversary. Wow, that's that's pretty... Impressive, You know, I didn't think you two guys would keep it together this long, especially with the homoerotic tension between you two. But anywho, I wanted to, like, call in and, uh, you know, give a special voicemail for your one-year anniversary episode because I've been with you guys from the beginning, loving your episodes. And you guys actually helped me get through the two-and-a-half-day bus trip from Pittsburgh to Houston because um, the, ent- the entire trip there, I did not sleep once on the freaking bus because I was like in mortal fear of like one of the hookers or, uh, you know, drug addicts that I'm on the bus with, you know, killing me in my sleep. So I stayed awake the entire time. And I went through the entire Cadaver Lab library and listened to every single freaking episode. 2.7 days worth of episodes, according to my iPod. 
So, uh, yeah, like I should get some kind of award for being your number one fan at this point. I am going to be sending away for one of your T-shirts as soon as I get back home, whenever the hell that's going to be. But anyway, I wanted to tell you guys a little story about something that happened to me uh, a couple of years ago when I went to a strip club. And I'm sure you guys are going to love this story. Um, there's, like, a lot of strip clubs in Pittsburgh. And, like, the uh, second most popular club in Pittsburgh opens at noon for, like, all the businessmen downtown. And, like, I always go down during the daytime shift because the best strip club in Pittsburgh doesn't open up till about 8 o'clock. And a lot of the girls who work there um, work daylight shift at this, like, you know, second best club. So, like, you get a lot of good-looking girls working there during the daytime who are pretty desperate for tips, by the way. <laughs> so anyway, I go down one Friday, and um, bouncer stops me before, you know, I get in, and he says, $10 cover. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, $10 cover? And he says, well, we have a special event today. And I'm like, oh, cool, because, like, sometimes they, like, you know, have special guest stars. Like, one time they had Amy Fisher there, which was really cool. Another time they had um, uh, some porno actress. I don't remember who the hell it was, but it was really cool meeting her. But um, he said, there's a $10 cover because we have a special event. And I'm like, oh, what's the special event? And he said, um, uh, the Little Sisters. And I'm like, whoa. And like, I'm thinking in my head, a couple of chicks that are sisters. That's kind of hot. So I pay the $10 cover and I go over to the bar. And, you know, it's about like uh, 1 o'clock when they're supposed to go on stage. And I like, you know, no one's there. And I see a couple people come through the front door and a couple of small people. And for a split second, I'm thinking, what the hell are a couple kids doing in here? And I, like, ask the bartender, because, like, I'm only seeing, like, them in silhouette. And the bartender tells me, oh, the little, those are the little sisters. Turns out that it was two female midgets stripping. I shit you not. And at that point, I started thinking about getting the hell out. But I thought, well, maybe they're kind of hot midgets, like uh, Bridget the midget is. So, you know, I'll stick around for this. Let me tell you, these two midgets, these girls had a face like um, Rocky Dennis from the movie Mask. Okay, it was that freaking bad. And uh, let's just say the show got so raunchy that I had to go to the men's room to vomit. And alcohol did not, it's the first time I've ever vomited at a bar, and it was not because of the alcohol I was drinking. It was that freaking bad. But anyway, congratulations on one year, and here's to many more years. There are so many good podcasts out there that, you know, fizzle out once they get to that one-year point and just disappear, and I really hope it doesn't happen to you guys because you guys have kept it together, and, you know, with all the raunchy humor and the junk jokes and vagingivitis jokes and everything else, or vagingivitis or whatever the hell you guys call it, ugh. Anywho, just, like, keep it together, and, uh, you know, I'll hopefully be sending you guys another Twitter or something soon, as soon as I get back home to Pittsburgh. God, I hate freaking Texas. But, cheers, guys. Stay cool. So that was really a, g a great voicemail, because me and Mike have now decided that we're opening up our own strip club in Utah. Because I hadn't even thought that there were people that would want to come watch strip clubs at lunchtime so we're opening up the lunchbox dude you know what's funny is we think that's so hilarious but you know that's already out there oh yeah you oh, know yeah. that, that, that uh, we're thinking we're so clever the lunchbox oh yeah you know speaking of the lunchbox 
the 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 strippers that work during the day are the ones that are like missing fingers and teeth. <laughs> <laughs> botched boob job stuff like that. You mean you get the bargain strip? <laughs> yes. Dude, by the way, when he was saying that, he was like, oh my gosh, those midgets got so raunchy that, that I had to go to the bathroom. I thought he was going to say, to peel one off so I could go back out there. Well, I was, I was sitting there just thinking about Rocky Dennis up there stripping. <laughs> like, that is so disgusting, dude. That is so... Cause I, like, I could actually see... Because you know how midgets kind of look. <laughs> They kind of have that Listen, look a little I'm, bit. I'm not going to comment on any of that, but uh, I mean, some of them. Not, right. So you can't make blanket statements like no, that. No, you're exactly right. Thank you. <laughs> so I wonder if those fidgets add bush down to their knees. Uh, <laughs> I hate the face you have on right now. And by the way. <laughs> Just, just so you that know. was so mean because I can't take my face off, jackass. <laughs> Listen, Fuba, he goes. Uh, he says, hopefully that uh, all of the uh, homoerotic tension doesn't uh, doesn't split us up. That's what keeps us together, man. <laughs> that is sick. You said that tension keeps us together. <laughs> that is sick. <laughs> We're like a couple of we're, dogs, we're maybe. We're gonna stop right now. <laughs> I'm cutting it off. <laughs> Yo, what's up, Cadaver Lab? Mike, Sam, this is uh, James here, and I couldn't resist calling in and leaving a voicemail. I'm long overdue. So, uh, what better subject to comment on than Bruce Campbell, man? I fucking loved episode 36. Um, and you really pulled one, uh, pulled the rabbit out of the hat there. Cause I had never even heard of that, uh, sundown, the last vampire, whatever the hell it is. Never even heard of it. So, but I'm curious to see it though. Um, sundown, the vampire in retreat. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Never, never heard of that before. So, so I give you guys a lot of credit for that. It sounded interesting, but not, yeah, not great, but I'll, I'll definitely look for it. You know, definitely at least worth a, worth a view or rent. Um, but on, you know, doing my name is Bruce and Bubba Hotep. That's a great choice. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you did those two movies. I was really curious to hear what your thoughts were going to be. And uh, first off, I'd like to say I totally recommend buying both of them. Um, the this, the uh, DVD for My Name is Bruce has got great stuff, and it comes with one of the little mini comic book deals, which is uh, pretty funny. And, of course, you know, full-length commentary with Bruce Campbell. Uh, you know, like a full documentary called Heart of Dorkness, the making of uh, My Name is Bruce. Numerous featurettes, and uh, they even have a uh, making of Cave Alien 2 thing on there, which is really funny. Uh, Cave Alien 2 trailer, and, you know, all kinds of photos and art and crap. So anyway, it's it's definitely worth it, so I recommend it. You know, I just went blind and, and bought My Name is Bruce when I, you know, uh, saw it a while back, and... Um, I just loved it. I just think it's great. I give him so much credit for, you know, having going out there and just doing something strictly for his fans. I think that non-Bruce fans who out there could possibly enjoy this movie, but I don't see how you're going to get 
the references and really understand all the goodness that is going on in this thing. It's just great. It's hysterical. Sam, especially, man, you just got me so stoked. I pulled it as soon as I got done listening to episode 36. I just, I popped it in again. I had to watch it again. I've seen it already a bunch of times, but anyway, I, I really, really was digging both, you know, the excitement that both you guys had for it. I just think it's great that he was able to get the money together and go out there and do this. And it's good quality stuff. And, funny and some great performances and you know ted ramey was fucking hysterical and i don't know it's just a really out there funny idea so so great job good review but even more so um bubba hotep and i've actually talked to a lot of people that don't like this movie and i really think you guys nailed how you know that there's really i don't know there's so much good stuff going on in this movie more so than the horror and the comedy and the action and and bruce doing this great you know doing elvis and it's just great um i think this movie really shows that you know bruce campbell is not a schlock b-movie actor that he's been relegated to he's actually i think he's a really talented guy and i think this is for me the pinnacle performance of his career i think it's his best performance for sure and it's just one of these really unusual movies and it's funny you don't expect there to be any kind of like poignant you know thoughtful kind of more deeper stuff going on in it and there really is it's I don't know, it's really great stuff, and, and uh, you know, Mike, you just, I don't know, both of you, you guys did a great job, fantastic review of Bubba Hotep, and that's another one, there's a collector's edition out for that one, that's got tons of great stuff, it's actually got a separate audio commentary by the king, it's hysterical, um, completely worth checking out, but yeah, all kinds of feature ads on making of the movie, the makeup effects, the music, which was a good thing to bring up. I also really, really enjoyed the music for this movie. Um, anyway, just great stuff. So you guys did a great job. You knocked it out of the park again, of course. Episode 36, great show. Um, I really enjoyed it. So just keep up the good work. You know, fellow douche James here, bidding you both farewell. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Hey, that was uh, you know that was that was really nice of James to to call us in there and and uh, and say some things and you know I was talking to Mike while we were we were talking about Bubba Hotep here and you know I I I was really impressed with uh, with Bruce Campbell's performance in that but but then you got to think you know while that's so impressive aren't we glad that he acts like the dumbass that he Without does in those other doubt. movies Without I mean he just he is good and that's why we love him that's why we you know every single movie we review goes back to Bruce Campbell because that guy in my mind, is one of the most talented, funny guys that keeps it, just keeps me rolling. Because, listen, the Cadaver Lab does not take its horror actors lightly. You know, we're all about being serious here. So, if we're going to give Bruce Campbell that kind of an honor, he damn well better deserve it. That's right, because Kevin Bacon can eat my shit. <laughs> wow! Yeah! You know what's funny is, uh, James was James was saying how he had to go watch those movies. James is the same damn thing to me. In, in recent... Wait, which is good. We love James. Yeah, James yeah. is the man. Dried Blood Podcast kicks ass. That's one of the reasons why we're here. I know. He's so I love the one that, that guy, man. He's the one that, that even started talking about us, so that's good. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he was so nice to us. Yeah, he was. He I still is. found out he's nice to everyone, so we're not special. Oh, <laughs> I just tease him. No, I'll cut that. <laughs> that was me. But anyways, uh, okay. Now so. I feel like a polygamist's wife. <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta cut that shit out. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, uh, uh, James reviews these movies, he goes over these movies, and I have to put them in my Netflix queue. Or pick them up or, or find them through other nefarious methods. But, nefarious. Uh, I freaking love it. Yeah. But uh, so he, the other day, and I actually called in a voicemail to him the other day um, because uh, he reviewed a movie called Jigoku, which is, uh, a, uh, I think it's a Japanese, I, I, uh, I don't know, Jigoku, probably Japanese, but uh, it's this movie co- from 1960. It basically... In fact, I know it's Japanese, but it it basically goes over um, the the I don't know exactly who believes in this, but it's like a Japanese version of the eight levels of hell or, hmm. or whatever. I can't remember. I have the thing. The problem is, is when I it, here's my routine lately. I'll you know get ready for bed and as I go to bed, I, I like falling asleep to movies, and I've been putting Jukoku in lately. Oh, really? And you know, I even told him on the <clears throat> on my voicemail that I fell asleep, and he was like, "Well, that's not a very good review about it." But let me just say that that it, that's how I do it. That's how I fall asleep. Hmm. So it's I mean that that's no reflection on the movie itself. Anyways, I think it was this last weekend, or may I can't remember exactly, but uh, I fell asleep to it. You know, and I woke up in uh, what seemed in the middle of the night. It seemed like I had been asleep for hours. And all of a sudden, I look at the TV. It's still on. And, uh, you know, my wife's asleep. She's just laying there asleep. She's uh, learned to just deal with that. You know, you know the volume's on low. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the, reading the subtitles anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. But uh, there was this visual up on the screen. It was like green light. It was like, it was like a... How do I explain this? It was like there was a body there with just a smashed head. And then all of a sudden, this this guy's face came on. And it was just like yelling this awful noise. And it freaked me out. I'm in that little haze, you know. I sit up. I swear, I sit up and I look around. And I'm like, holy shit. What? So I turn it off. I turn on the lamp next to my bed. And I sit up in bed and just kind of shake it off for a minute. It's, it literally took me a minute. I got up and I even I I think I stood up and just kind of stretched and got oh, back. Oh man, it scared the crap out of me. Wow, <laughs> so, that's hilarious. Oh man, but uh, no. So I got I still have to fin- I still have yet to finish that movie. But you know, taking it uh, twenty minutes at a time doesn't really. <laughs> yeah. Especially since you have to like rewatch the last <clears throat> ten minutes. You know. I did that with the host, a Korean. Oh, I never saw movie. It. Yeah, I mean it was it was okay, but. I, I did the same thing, like 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. It's taken me all week to watch. It's just the thing, exhausting. But the thing is, is it's now, I mean, it's it may, may not even be that I'm so exhausted. I think I've just trained myself that once you're in bed and you put on a movie and you intend to fall asleep, then you do. Yeah. You know? Because, yep. I mean, now I just put the sleep on for 30 minutes and I never, it never goes off before I... Well, the nice thing about watching horror movies to go to sleep is that before... I would lay in my bed with the lights off, and really, I'd, my mind would go crazy, and I'd one, I'd really worry about what kind of monsters and scary shit was out there. If I watch a movie, then I know what kind of scary shit's out there. So now, oh, that's I'd fall good asleep. thinking. Yeah, that's good. That's really good thinking. <laughs> Idiot. Hey, Mike and Sam, I really enjoyed your Bruce Campbell episode, but I gotta say, you know, I really it was educational. To me, it really opened my eyes. I had no idea that the guy from Burn Notice had done so much work before that. Man, the guy's talented. You know, (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but he actually did a movie you guys didn't even cover. It must be this small independent film no one's ever heard of. I hope I get a chance to check it out someday. I'm going to go start checking out, you know, the bargain bin, seeing what I can find at the local used DVD store. It's called Army of Darkness. I hope it's good.
Take it easy, fellas. So I can't tell if that guy's being serious dude, or not. Dude, uh, you, you notice that uh, Dave comes in with this very serious. Yeah. And, you know, just so everyone knows, he's as big a dumbass as any of the rest <laughs> of us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, no, no. Douchecast, man. Yeah. He's, he's the one that uh, he and James were actually going to do a uh, an episode just on Carnival. Yeah. But those two guys invited us to all join in the fun. We're recording this on Saturday. Let's just put it this way. The douche cast may be, may be hard, maybe rough, maybe raunchy, but it always kicks ass and nice. it always is going to get talked about. So no, I can't wait for that. Dave, of course, is trying to be hilarious Jeez. with that. But it's hard to tell because he's always so serious. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I can tell. I was like, is this guy, is this guy serious? He needs to listen to episode two. Of our freaking podcast. Because we reviewed Army of Darkness, Dave. I'm just kidding. I'll kill you. <laughs> hey, Mike and Sam. This is Johnny from Oklahoma City. Just calling to say congratulations on the one-year episode. That is fucking badass. You know, it's one year of, like, the best podcast ever. But uh, I don't really don't have a whole lot to say. Um, I just saw the movie Orphan. Check it out, dude. The movie rocked my ass. That sounded really gay. But anyway... I will catch you later. Keep it up. Bye. <laughs> yeah, you probably ought to use different terminology about being excited about a movie, dude. Uh, you know what? Here's the, here's the thing. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks to Johnny from Oklahoma uh, for saying that. Johnny Sanders is the man. Yeah. But, uh, dude, uh, I'm not even going to say anything about the rock the ass thing because, you know what, dude? We love you no matter what you decide to do in your own free time yeah but uh the orphan you know i wonder i have i've been really wary about that is yeah, that I is don't, that rated pg-13 no or it's that, rated r is it I okay so. not that that matters i guess anymore since drag me to hell you know dominated dominated it but still i mean still i don't know if that's given a free pass to the rest of the pg-13s or anything no it's like not that. no but uh i don't know i that's good that's good here i've heard one good and one bad and I um, actually heard bad today from uh, Mike Bracken, runs mm-hmm. the uh, the Horror Geek website, and actually does a lot of, he, he, it's actually great, he does uh, a news section for the Midnight Horror Show, and I actually sat in today on their recording, and uh, he didn't like it. So that that's one in one. The thing is, is I'm going to see it eventually, yeah. even though, you know, I have not watched The Uninvited or The Unborn yet. You haven't seen The Uninvited? I have both of them. Oh, really? I need to see the unborn, so you got to give me that. Okay, I need to, I need to but that. but the thing is, is I I don't know. I'm not that motivated, and this was going to fall into that. But you know, I mean, I'll watch it. Listen, I don't know. I've been watching. So I've been getting so many movies from Netflix. I am so far behind. Really watching? Oh, really? So I I back up my Netflix because I'm worried that <laughs> I don't want to lose them while I have them. So I back them up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> dude, you just gave away the keys to the kingdom, <laughs> dude. We, I'm gonna get all these emails. How are you doing that, <laughs> dude? Oh my gosh, you know what? I'm gonna say this right now. We have spent a lot of time talking just on email. It's our one year show. Yeah, okay. Hey, we're gonna do whatever we want because it's been a year and we put up with your guys' crap. For a year, and now we're gonna do what we want. <laughs> oh, you are a bad. Yeah, but uh, as far oh. as the orphan goes, 
the the thing <laughs> I keep wanting to say the orifice, and I don't. <laughs> I, that's so bad. But the, as far as the orphan goes, I swear it looks just like the Good Son. Did you see that? With you know what? That's what uh, actually. That's what Mike. What was it? Mike. Somebody mentioned that to Mike um, this afternoon while the Midnight Horror Show, and he was like, "Yeah." With Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood, I saw that, and I was like, "Yeah." So when I'm watching these previews, I'm like, "That looks exactly like that movie." That little girl doesn't look scary. You know what the thing is? Is I haven't gone out to the the movies. The last one I went to was Drag Me to Hell. Oh, really? Like in the theater. Wow. Because uh, I saw Term or uh, not Terminator. I did see that, but I saw Transformers. That was the last one I that, saw. Yeah, mm. it was all right. See, but the thing is, is I don't know. I I'm not going to go out to the movie theater unless I really want to see something. I wanted to see Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, Cadaver Lab Stephen here. Oh wow! So tonight we're talking about Wreck, are we? Oh, that's original. Yeah, it seems like somebody else is doing uh, Wreck versus Quarantine this week. Um, yeah, and that's real original too. I think Jeff and Mike over at uh, came from the basement did that like months ago. You never claimed to be trendsetters, did you? As a matter of fact, you know, I was talking to Mike the other day, and I was like, you know, what's interesting about Wreck? There's kind of the subtext that. You know, you have the first responders, the firemen and the police, and they get locked in and screwed over by the government. And, you know, with the terrorist problems that, you know, Spain has had, I wonder if there's, you know, maybe some kind of statement buried in there. And Mike's like, would you shut up? I can't write that fucking fast. Hey, what do you know? There's Mike now. He's sending me text messages. He keeps tr- he keeps trying to get me into a, a fivesome with him and his wives. Chip in for the airfare, buddy. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, my new game I invented at work. This is, this is so much fun. You all might want to try this. Basically, you talk like a fucking idiot to people and see how many of them fucking notice. Um, just talking complete nonsense and non sequiturs. Uh, you know, my boss comes up and he's like, yeah, have you had a chance to uh, go over those outships? Uh, statistics for last week and I'm like well you know boss you can put an aardvark in pajamas but that doesn't mean he's going to learn to chew bubble gum and one of two things is going to happen they're going to say what the fuck are you talking about or they're going to pretend like they know what you're oh yeah I see what you're saying there Um, that's how you can tell the idiots from the fucking cool people I guess is by the response when you start talking stupid shit. And and the key really is to deliver it like it's sage advice, you know. Well, you know that famous old saying, two plus two equals four, but that still doesn't mean you can grow a banana inside out. There, there's one guy, though. There's one guy in the warehouse who is so fucking funny. I walked up to him. He came up and asked me some question. And I said, well, you can feather a chicken, but you can't unfeather a goose. And he looks at me for a second. He said, true, but you can't make an omelet out of monkey's balls. I was, I didn't know what to say. It's like touche. Well played, sir. Help yourself to a muffin. Oh, but anyway, that's a fun little game I've been playing at work. But the big news, the big news this weekend, of course, was the pimple on my scrotum. Now this thing was epic. It was, it was amazing. I mean, I, I'm like sitting there and it's like, what the fuck? I've grown an extra ball. By the, it, by the next day, it had its own personality and we were playing board games together. It was, it was fucking incredible and painful at the same time. 
and people on Twitter were like Lancet, and I was like, no, it's my friend. This is honest to God truth. My wife comes in and and sees this huge bulge in my pants, and she's like, oh, you're happy to see me. I'm like, yeah, sure, baby. Why don't you fucking get down there and suck on that and see if it's as salty as it normally is. Oh, shit. But yeah, um, a little bit of rubbing alcohol. The swelling went down. Um, had to put it out of its misery. But, you know, at, at least I can cherish the time we had together. Uh, well, that's about it for me this week. Be cool, bitches. So, for a whole year, <laughs> this guy's been calling our show, and he decides to crown it off <laughs> with the most disgusting thing I have ever heard in my life. Oh. Wow. Wow. I would, uh, we, we give you the applaud. The applause and the, uh, the uh, whatever you call it, the non-incriminating statement to everybody. <laughs> we don't condone any of that. <laughs> we believe that you should respect women and oh, not say oh, stuff oh, like oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> this was early on in that in that uh, bit of feedback. But uh, hearty har har, Stephen, and his, oh, I am the greatest, not most knowledgeable son of a bitch in the world. Mike just wants to know everything. You know what, buddy? That whole last tirade you went on about your ball, that was already done on a family guy. Yeah, I saw that episode, too. All right. Of course, it was on his face. Nice. That, that was it. That's all I had. Well, but, you know, and, and about wreck, and we are talking about that tonight. By the way, who's doing that? I don't know who's I don't doing know. that. We don't pay attention to who's doing that. By the we way, just, this is just... our one-year show. You know what the theme was? We chose three movies that we've seen since we started it. Started the podcast, and uh, that we liked. Yeah, because in, well, I, figured, I hadn't seen Late to Rest yet, and I don't, I can't say that I, I chose that. I loved that movie, but we did. We decided, okay, we really liked these movies. We've seen them since we started, and we're just gonna throw them in because they don't really fit as far as a show goes. Right. But glad we're doing it. So I, we I can do what we want. I see. <laughs> do we want? Do what we want. <laughs> so are we getting into uh, Friday the Thirteenth, four, five, and six next episode. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. cool. I was going to ask you when we're getting back to that because people are, I'm sure, waiting on pins and needles oh, for us yes. to get back to that. Yeah, so. well, I figured next time. Let's yeah. do it. Hey, Stephen, by the way, thanks. We do appreciate all your wonderful voicemails, even though you're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> what was that I laugh? Know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Yeah. All right, let's take a break and then we'll get into our movie extravaganza. Yes. <laughs> This tribute goes out to all you health-conscious fat-asses who supersize your order and slap on a Diet Coke. We salute you, King of the Ketchup Packets, for being so careful about the calories you count. You know in the back of your mind that potatoes fried in grease plus burger with extra mayo equals a healthy choice when mixed with the magic of NutraSweet. There is a reason that you only see Diet Coke in the grubby hands of fat office ladies and guys whose neckties make their head ready to explode. It's because it justifies the handfuls of jelly beans, the pounds of chips, and the double fisting of candy bars as your in-between meal snack. So keep that Diet Coke IV inserted and just sit back and smile because you, baby Huey, are on a diet.
man, that was so much fun going over those voicemails, man. <laughs> we took our sweet time. Yes, we did. <laughs> All right, so like we said before, we just picked three movies that... Uh, that I had actually seen. I've actually seen all three of them, and I like all three of them. Mm-hmm. And I apparently you didn't like Lady Rest. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But uh, so I figured it was uh, time to just choose three off the wall flicks that uh, you know I figured we'd throw in into mm-hmm. your show. Mm-hmm. So the first one that we chose was uh, well that that I chose. Apparently Sam wouldn't have chose this one. Son of a bitch. Uh, it's uh, called Laid to Rest. Tucker tells me he picked you up on the street coming from my cemetery. Us, oh man, they're trying to hurt me. Oh no, I'm already dead. Nobody's gonna die here tonight. Came out in two, 2009, directed by Robert Hall. Uh, it was also written by Robert Hall. Got a 5.3. Uh, Bobby Sue Luther played the girl. Kevin Gage played Tucker. Lena Headley played Cindy. Sean Whalen played Stephen. Uh, Richard Lynch played Mr. Jones. Jonathan Shake uh, played Johnny. Thomas Decker played Tommy. And Nick Principal. No, no, sorry. Nick Princip played Chrome Skull. And Lucas Till played... The young store clerk. Uh, and who? <coughs> he played the young store clerk. Who's this guy? Lucas Till. Who, how do you know that guy? Just because. I'm going to talk about it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, synopsis. A terrifying story of a young girl who wakes up in a casket with traumatic head injury and no memory of her identity. She quickly realizes she was abducted by a deranged serial murderer in an isolated rural town. She must survive the night and outsmart the technologically inclined killer who is hell-bent on finishing what he started. So, uh, let loose, man. I know you've been waiting. <laughs> well, this this movie started out with a pretty interesting premise, you know, going on. But So this girl wakes up and she's, you know, wondering what's going on and then she enlists the help of different people throughout the movie and trying to trying to get people um to help her however it just became very predictable and they they went out of their way to make sure that they weren't contacting the authorities people didn't have a phone or oh we're not going to or whatever it may be so it's just a big chase movie where this guy goes around and chases her for the rest of the the movie and then it just ends so anticlimactically that i 
was disappointed. Man, I like this movie apparently a lot better than you did. And, and here's the deal. Okay, I'll start off with what I didn't like about it. Okay. Um, first of all, the main character, the the girl in this, couldn't act to yeah. save her life. Yep. Oh my, she's a good thing she had giant boobies. Yeah. Because she was almost irritating to watch. Okay. Now you would think that that could ruin a whole movie for you, but that the, the main lead character is really irritating. But no, I'll keep going on with the negative. Uh, basically, uh, Sam's right. I mean, it, it, it's a pretty typical slasher, you know, story. I mean, they basically line him up and knock him down. I mean, we said that a bunch of times. Uh, I mean, there's nothing really new about the killer. He does have, you know, a pretty cool. <clears throat> excuse me, a pretty cool. Uh, M.O. where he, you know, will kidnap someone and, uh, you know, he'll take him to his place. He's got all these plans. I mean, we're not ever really shown exactly what his end game is. Right. I mean, he takes him to, uh, like, a warehouse or something. He has them all sitting there. He ta- he constantly videotaping them. He kind of messes with their mind a little bit, which is pretty cool. But, I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's still not... It doesn't explore that enough to really make that big of a... Of, of a it doesn't lift the movie up a lot. Of he does have a cool mask, mm-hmm. I think. The chrome skull is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that he's bald. Uh, I think that we need more bald guys in movies. There's two bald guys in this. Like, I mean, And I'm not talking like bald. I'm talking like shaved head bald. Yeah, yeah. Right, because uh, those guys are so handsome. But, um, yeah, okay, and I'm still going off the bad things. Okay, so basically what happens is this gr- this girl... Who is so irritating? What's her name? They, they call her what? Princess? Because that's, yeah, it's that. Oh my gosh! You're right. That was stupid. Uh, she wakes up. This serial killer has put her in a a coffin, and she you know wakes up and falls out of the coffin, and then basically runs down the street. And a guy named uh, and a guy named Tucker picks her up and takes her home. And uh, uh, basically, this this killer wants her. And uh, Tucker tries to save, you know, tries to protect her while his wife gets killed, his brother-in-law gets killed, his brother-in-law's girlfriend gets killed. All these other people get killed, and, you know, it just doesn't seem worth it. And he's the only one with the cane, but he escapes. So? Yeah, I'm ADA approved. <laughs> All right, good. Well, so was the cane. It kicked ass, apparently. Yeah, that's true. Was, uh, bounce. Okay, but then they uh, along the way they they they're running away from this guy. They stop at this house, and I'm only I'm bringing this guy up first of all because he's hilarious. Uh, well, he's in his life. You know what the first thing I saw that guy was what? on? He was on a Little Caesars commercial where he opened the, this can and then he went. That was him. Yeah, and he goes. And the cheese starts cheese. bouncing. He goes, it's cheese. That was that guy. Really? So I automatically like that guy. Huh. Um, and and when Sam said, okay, so he goes to this house. They're like, can we use your phone? He's like, no, I don't have a phone, but I have a an internet connection. And then he goes to like this 1995 internet that's mm-hmm. on there, and he, which is technically technologically speaking, that whole setup was retarded. Yeah, pissed me off to yeah. the point where because first of all, he's he's running a. Um, an operating system on his computer that came out. And, uh, should I just stop? And no, I because say this, this, this is exactly... And, and maybe I'm a bit of a nerd because... Uh, this is it, exactly it came out in what, like 19... Like. Or two th- early 2000s, this operating system came out. Everybody has a phone. I mean, if they have the internet, and let's say, let's say it's still a dial-up, you're going to have a flipping phone, you know? Uh, he doesn't have a phone conveniently, which, you know, kind of helps out with the thing. You know, I'm not going to... 
I'm not going to bag on it too much because you know what? Let's after after that. But let's put it this way: uh, how many of how many slashers, especially coming from the '80s, had these giant plot holes in them, but we still love them? You know. So as I'm watching this, I'm going to give that to him. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to give that to him, and I'll tell you why I'm going to give that to him. Because before they found him, before they took off, they they were it. They went to Tucker's home, and his wife was there. And some of the most outstanding kills. Okay, first of all, Lena Headley gets her. Uh, oh, I, I have it written down. She, what was she? Uh, first of all, he has the, the sharpest knife in the world. He sticks a knife through Cindy's head, twists it as, as he pulls out, and the eyes like popping out, which was fantastic. Uh, Jonathan Sheck's character, his brother-in-law, gets the, the knife gets thrown at him from far away and lands in his face, and it, it is just shocking. And it, it's a great kill. The the killer walks up to him and pulls the knife back through his head. And it cuts his skull in half as if it were butter. And I realized that, too, is a plot hole because there's no possible way with that little force you can cut that. But did that – you admit, did that Listen, not kick ass? I, I love the gore in this movie, and that's the one thing that's going to redeem it a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're right. But the thing is the knife's sharp in some instances, and there's other times where that dude is having a hard time sawing through throats through a throat no and, and, and that the, happens a few times but, that but the dr- gore is awesome that was dramatic effect when, I, I when the dude that. gets his head shot off by the shotgun <laughs> oh, yes that was awesome the, it was brutal yeah. and disgusting oh, absolutely but you know what the thing is is unlike the other two movies that we're going to talk about this movie was put out there for pure shits and giggles <laughs> there was no pretense of being serious until the very end and i'll and i'll talk a little bit about that later but, uh, you know, as we go on through the movie, just like you said, it becomes a chase movie. Um, there's uh, some, hang- you know, the, the It's Cheese guy's mom died, and there's a little bit in there. F- you know, uh, she, she happens to be in the same morgue that, you know, they have to go back and visit to see if they can remember. And, you know, it's all kind of inconsequential. And, and, and it'll, some of it did feel like filler. But I, I don't know. The gore in this movie delivered every single time. In fact... Um, uh, I, I, I've basically written down every one of the awesome kills. Uh, the, the let's see the oh the the girlfriend the the brother-in-law's girlfriend. She's running away. One little slice in her guts kind of oh, fall yeah. out. That yeah. was really cool. That, that reminded me of uh, Anthropophagus. Yes, except for she didn't start eating it. Yeah, I've, but I, that's I would have. I would have. Well, it. of course. Why? Why wouldn't you? But um, that's the best form of first aid. You just get cut, your guts eat, coming out, eat them. Because they'll end where up in your guts again. And they're tucked back in where they're supposed to be. Speaking of guts getting tucked back in, we'll talk about that later in Dead Girl. Anyways, uh, yeah, I have the I have the shotgun blows off the store owner's head. Which, by the way, ha- what, what, don't you like that store owner a, a little yeah, bit Yeah, I was watching the movie, and I'm like, who? I know this kid from somewhere. So I went to IMDBM right, while I was watching the movie. It turns out it's Hannah Montana's boyfriend in the new Hannah Montana movie, which I actually thoroughly enjoyed. And I'll admit that on the podcast. Did you really? I really liked it. I thought it was really... I went with my daughters, and I told my oldest. I said, listen, just wake me up when this crap is over. I started watching it. I couldn't put it down. You I'm cutting all that out. No. Because, listen, I'm going to because then we would lose all the credibility <laughs> that we have. I'm not afraid to admit it. Well, I, I actually enjoyed that movie. I hate you. <laughs> have you not taken I, me to see it? I have not. No, Ember did. Ember, it's, my wife took it. It was good. I'm, I'm, Fine. I'm, I'm going to buy it. Fine. Well, I will too, but not for me. 
Okay, so here's the end. The whole movie, we find out that, well, first of all, let me start. The girl has amnesia. You know, and the funny thing is, I was on IMDb looking at some of the inconsistencies, and they are plenty. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about any of those. We don't need to do it. We all, we all realize that um, th- this movie is there for the kills. It is a vehicle to present kills. Basically, that's all this is. And I will say that the rest of the movie is threaded together very... I don't know. It's, let's just say it's not double-stitched. Are but, we going to spoil it, though? Yeah. Well, I, okay, think, good. I think we should. Because I need to, because that's one of the big beefs I've got with the movie. Okay. Now, and this is this is another problem I have with this movie. <laughs> Apparently, I, I think we're, we're on the same level as, as we talk about this. Basically, what we found out is throughout this movie, Tucker has taken this girl under his wing and has basically vowed to protect her. And he goes all the way to protect her. Uh, spoiler. And he ends up dying because he protects her. Um, what we find out is that uh, this girl ends up being a hooker and wanted by the law and all sorts of other stuff. You know, and, and, and you know, that's fine. You know, I mean, but we also find out that Tucker was such a good man. Because he knew that, and you know, because he found out he oh, he, yeah. he printed it off earlier in the movie that her wanted poster. So he he knew full well what she was when he was still trying to save her. So what what a great and wonderful man. You know what? She, I mean, I I can see that that message of uh, of uh, you know trying to be the better person or you know see, fight he, for humanity, whatever. In a different movie, you read that all wrong. That dude was only doing that because after his wife died, he wanted to get some action. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, I was looking way too yeah, deep. Yeah, what in. the hell, dude? <laughs> Come He's on. Like, oh my gosh, this will be the easiest piece of ass after this one I can do. Let's look at those giant titties. <laughs> Sorry about Wow. Ooh, I need a cool just off a, Just as a note, uh, you're right now running 70-30 uh, bitching about the movie versus propping it up. No, no, no. Right, no, no. And that's fine. And that's fine. But that, like I said, that ending with that message was like, it was too heady for this whole movie, and it didn't belong in it. But, you know, I accept it. Uh, there was one other part that I really hated. The two dudes. Uh, we, we come to a point where where uh, she is taken by the killer to go get some batteries from this, this gas station store owner to, to run some of his electronic stuff. He, they run into these two dudes, which was uh, John Connor from the, the Sarah, Croner, uh, Sarah, Sarah Connor... Chronicles, God, oh, that was a tongue twister. But uh, there's in the car driving down. It's like one of those uh, Fast and Furious cars, which <laughs> I don't know. I think you're kind of dumb in the first place. But <laughs> but second, they're listening to this song. That's kind of it's a guy just saying over and over, "Sexy bitches are my favorite kind of bitches." I wanted those two stupid assholes to die the first time I saw them, just for that. But anyway. I mean, that's all I really have to say about it. And then maybe 70-30, but those kills were so extraordinary. The kills were good, but here's where I had the problem. <clears throat> I hated how the killer died at the end. Oh, because... Uh, I hated why, that. Why when don't... You, why, you know, this guy's been chasing him, and it's all spectacular. He's got this... You never see his face. He's got right. this... this Chrome oh, skull. This weird deal where he's got to have his mask on. So, like, if it falls off or something, he stops what he's doing, he puts it on. So you uh-huh. never see his face. Uh-huh. So the end is that he he tries to get some glue to put on his face, and it ends up being a mixture that one of these dumbasses has put together that ends up melting his face well, onto the it's mask. It's like it's acid. Listen, and 
So, so it's the guy putting his own mask on that melts his face, and then he falls down, and there's like this three-minute staring contest between the hooker and him while his skeleton face is right I there. I'm about to kick your ass And on then she ends up just smashing his face. Like, he doesn't even grab her or anything. He just is laying there well, gurgling, he's, he's, well, okay, well, which is fantastic Wait, 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 wait. Stop there real quick. I, stop there real quick. Now, let's let's think back to... A couple of movies where... Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. It was stupid that he put acid on. He sticks it on his face. But uh, let's, let's think back to a movies that I know you've seen and I know you've liked where they've uh, not only you know done some gory stuff, but they stayed on it. And while something melted or while you know some horrifically gory, you know, whatever thing is going on. And uh, that, that actually reminded me of a Lucio Fulci... Type of deal. I, I would agree with that, but I wish it would have happened a different way than the dude putting his own mask on that kills him. If somebody else could have done it somehow, he put the own he put the acid on his mask. He didn't know it was acid. I don't. It doesn't matter. You know, if you're writing a movie, figure a way out that someone's actually going to kill him instead of the dipshit killing himself. For real, seriously, you I, could, it would have been awesome if somebody could have figured out a way that they could have got the acid on his face, like tricked him somehow, would have made it ten times better. But the fact that the guy was so nervous about his mask falling off that then it happenstance, he pulls the acid thinking it's glue, hurries and puts it on, puts it on his face, and he starts melting while everybody's just watching he has a hang from up the about cooler. His mask. He has a hang-up about his mask. <sighs> and since when have uh, serial murderers been, like... Okay, normal I'm and well adjusted. It could have been. I, it could have been still different. Gonna, it could have been different. You know, we talked about all of this thing and all this bad thing, but I, you know, and even I mentioned more about the bad parts of it than the good parts of it, and I stand by everything that I've said. This is not a freaking masterpiece. I did not like the main girl. I did like Tucker. I thought Tucker was okay, but uh, and I did like the it's cheese guy, even though he was. Oh my god, you're right. He was kind of a whiny baby, but I'm still going to give this a pretty high rent. Oh, well, I'm going to give it a red box. Oh, a oh, red box, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a red box, and only because of the uh, the gore. I mean, it elevates it to a red box. Oh, and, the, and it's spectacular. Yeah. But oh, that's absolutely. all there is to it. Right. That, I mean, okay. and the thing is, is um, I watched it the first time. when I, uh, I watched it pretty close to when it came out on DVD. And, you know, I was kind of like, you know, whatever. But then I started watching it just off Luke. Uh, yeah, maybe a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. And I'm like, these kills are absolutely yeah. fantastic. And so I figured, eh, hey, why not? Sam hasn't seen this. I want to get his take on it. You know what's so funny is I'm sitting here bitching about it, and then you're like, hey, you know, this is pretty good, and we end up giving it the same thing. <laughs> well, I don't know. I This is this is definitely – well, the thing is, is I, I would almost give this a buy, but I just I just don't – I. It's it's kind of a throwaway. The, yeah, the only reason why I would buy it is so that I could say, "Dude, check this out." I wouldn't even make people watch the movie. I just it'd be like a Fulci where, well, not you kind of watch those, right? But you'd want to fast forward to the gore stuff. Yep. Like, dude, you got to watch this guy get his head blown off. And even though there are tons of plot holes, tons of inconsistencies, there was it was a work of art. Those those yeah. deaths were a work of art. Yeah. Anyway, I mean that's all. all right. That's all really I've got to say. That's funny. <laughs> we so, did it the same one. I'll still give it a red box. So the memory count was seven. Wait, wait, wait. Did you include the the, the cheese guy's grandma's no. corpse? Thank you. No, I did not. <laughs> so it was seven, and honestly, I don't even remember where it was. Uh, there was some when he when the like he had a warehouse of coffins. Oh, that that is. And what there it was. was a couple of nude girls there. That that is what it was. 
Okay, and then what did I learn? Video cameras can be used as pirate parrots. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> Mounted on his shoulder. That was great. Uh, the dude needs to sharpen his Rambo knife because I was talking about his neck right. and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, how to kill someone with a tire patch kit. Pretty sweet. Yes. Stick it and, uh, and I need to find out what a Swedish BJ is. I don't. That was referenced in the movie. And no, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'll call so, ABBA. <clears throat> Are they Swedish? ABBA? I, th- I, I don't no know. Idea. Who else said that? You don't know what it's like to wake up in that thing. That was Tony Romo's explanation for breaking up with Jessica Simpson. <laughs> and it ain't dry, it's moist. That's Betty Crocker. Oh, uh, <laughs> a mo- you know what's funny? The first thing that went into my head when you said that was a scene from Dead Girl. That I know. We'll talk about That's why I did it. That's why I caught that. I thought that would be good. Anyways, uh, so the Six Degrees, Lucas Till, who played uh, the store clerk, I really was wish in you didn't use Hannah him. Montana movie with uh, Margot Martindale, who also played uh, the uh, the lady on uh, Dexter, the old lady that died of cancer. Oh, cool. Uh, she was in Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story with John C. Riley, who was in Magnolia. With William H. Macy, who was in The Aviator, with Francis McDormand, who was in Fargo with Bruce Campbell. I picked three movies by Bruce Campbell that he was uncredited for being in. Ooh. Was it, I, I, you know what? I'm guessing that that was all a big coincidence, and that at the end you're like, holy crap. Guess no. What? Oh, really? No, no. Pre- I, premeditated. No, I it. it was premeditated. I would have believed you if you would have said that before now. I'm just teasing. No, I'm, t- yeah, I'm serious. Let's take a quick break. Now available from Library of the Living Dead Press. Lakewood Memorial, the new novel from Robert R. Best. The whole world is dead. The small town of Lakewood has been overrun by the walking dead. In a single night, the world descends into a madness of biting teeth and a sickness that kills but does not kill. I told you it was a bad idea. Well, the guy looked hurt, Park. You can't ignore a fella who's hurt. Well, he wasn't hurt, was he? Probably on meth or something. Caught at the center of it is Angie Land, young single mother and nurse's aide at Lakewood Memorial Hospital. Where are you two going? Break room. We're both pulling a double tonight, so I thought we'd take the chance to sit for a few minutes. Not yet, girls. I'll need everyone we can spare in the ER. She and a handful of others are lucky enough to survive the initial assault, but how long will they last? Follow me. I'll explain. Who died and left you in charge? Everyone. More importantly to Angie, how long will her kids, waiting for her at home, survive? Don't move! Maylee! Mom? Maylee? Lakewood Memorial. Book one of a zombie trilogy by horror writer Robert R. Best. Presented by Library of the Living Dead Press. Buy it online or ask for it at your local bookstore. www.robertrbest.com
okay, so let's talk about Wreck, which came out in 2007. It was directed by J-A-U-M-E Jaume It's Wame. It's Is it? I don't know. If he's Wame a Spanish guy, it's Balaguerro in Paco Plaza. Uh, it was written by Wame Balaguerro and Luis Berdejo. Berdejo. B-E-R-D-E-J-O. Mi Berga? I don't know what that means. I don't either. Just like last time. Oh, did I say what this what that got on IMDb? What no, you didn't. No, it says it's got a 5.3. Oh, okay. I think I did say it. But, uh, which is pretty average. I mean, that's right in the middle. Anyways, Wreck got a 7.8. Uh, the budget was 1.5 million euro, which uh, turns out to be about... Uh, $10 million. 2.1 2. Oh, 2. Oh. $2. million. Uh, starring the very beautiful Manuela Velasco. I, I liked her. Yep. Uh, she played. Have you Google imaged her? Yes, I have. Me wow. too. Yeah. Uh, Angela Vidal, uh, Ferran Terraza is Manu. It's weird to see to hear the word Manu and not Ginobili yeah. right after it. Anyways, uh, Jorge Serrano played Policia Joven. Do you like my dude? You are killing. Do you like it my uh, Joven? You sound like you're blowing food to make sure it gets cool. <laughs> kill you. Pablo Rosso played Pablo. Who also is in Rec 2. Is he? He's a cinematographer in Rec 2. He is. He was an actor in the first one and a cinematographer. Wow, about that. And David Vert. I'm going to say Vert because if I said Vert, you'd kick my... I'd kick your barriga. <laughs> you'd kick my barriga. Is that what it is? I think so. Oh, yeah. Since, uh, I had since, a guy that said that. Did you have such great luck with yeah. uh, saying Spanish Yeah, no names. kidding. Well, that's what I was saying last time. I said something. Did, did we end up beeping that out, I hope? We did beep okay, that out. Okay, good, because I didn't know what it meant. Everybody's asking. It was offensive. Everybody's asking what that was, and I'm just like, eh. Even even now, if I told you, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as funny as it was. I don't even remember what the word was now, so that's good. It was boop. No, just teasing. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, synopsis. In Barcelona, the reporter Angela Vidal... And the cameraman Pablo are covering the night shift of a local fire station. Well, that's why he's the cinematographer. He was the cameraman in this. 
He's probably the cinematographer in this one too. Somewhere Steven is laughing his ass off. <laughs> oh man, I wish I would have I wish I would have consulted the yeah. Oracle Steven. He could have given us his wise wisdom. I'm glad we're referring uh, to him as an oracle these days. Freaking ball sack. <laughs> Just teasing. Kind of. When the firemen receive a distress call from a lady, <laughs> from a lady in a building, Angela and Pablo go in the firefighter truck with the fireman Manu and Alex with Pablo, recording each step. That was kind of a split-up sentence, anyways. Uh, when they arrive in the building under siege of the police, they find the hysterical dwellers gathered in the lobby in the entrance, and they hear screams upstairs. Manu and Alex go upstairs with two policemen, and followed by Angela and Pablo, and they find an aggressive old lady that attacks one policeman, then they return to the lobby. They find that they are sealed in the building and trapped with the residents in the beginning of a chaotic and nightmarish night. So, what'd you think? This movie was awesome. I still remember you telling you, you're like, you have to watch this show. And I'm thinking, eh, yeah, you know, you've said that before. And I remember watching this on my iPod. Kiss <laughs> <Just> my ass. <laughs> so I'm watching this on my iPod trying to go to sleep, right? <clears throat> I can't go to sleep. It's an hour 15 minutes long. And I get to the the last 10 minutes of this show. And I am saying out loud with my headphones on, "Holy shit! Holy shit!" I said, and I it it scared me so bad. This movie it's scared excellent. me, and and the reason is is because stuff at the end comes out of left field. You don't even know what's coming. You're right, yeah. absolutely right, and that's what was so freaking scary. First of all, the movie is only seventy five minutes long, and mm-hmm. I think people should take note of this. Yeah, it's not ninety minutes. It's not uh, the traditional. Mm-hmm. Full length film, but the thing is, is it did exactly what it meant to do. It didn't have any padding. It did it, and it freaked the crap out of me. Well, the first fifteen minutes were at the fire station too. Yeah, well, I, I, well, I don't know if well, it was fifteen. I, bet, I, but... I think it was more like eight ten. Yeah, and because uh, I remember, th- I remember when I was watching this, pausing it right when the, the stuff mm. started to happen, mm. thinking, you know what. Even though that was kind of a short intro, it gave us exactly what we needed. And you know, and I'm not, I'm not typically against the shaky cam type of movies, mm-hmm. but um, I will say, and, and maybe this is, maybe this is kind of the same thing as, as we're talking about a vampire movie. I don't think I can say, oh, I, I hate shaky cam because you know, I, I, I don't think it is actually the shaky cam that makes or breaks a movie. I think how they do it is how they do it. like. I really liked the Blair Witch Project. Well, when, actually, when mm-hmm. it when it came out to theaters, the whole time I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is irritating you yeah. until like the last two seconds. Then I all, need to watch that again. Then all of a sudden, I got all scared and I went, "Awesome!" Yeah, I need you know, to right watch that again. Oh, you know, it's pretty good. But um, <laughs> in in Wreck, I thought th- this was a great movie. Now, there's other shaky cam movies which I just flipping hated. I could not stand, and that's because the whole th- the story, the characters were shitty. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you get that I said no. Cloverfield? Oh, oh. <laughs> Nice. I hate Cloverfield. See, with this one, though, it started out, I, I honestly felt like I was watching a news article. Like, these people were recording. Absolutely. An, and it was unedited. Like, there were parts where she's like, oh, no, actually, I need to stand on the other side because my hair's in my face. Uh-huh. So they go back, and then she's waiting for it to start. And, you know, the the firemen in the fire station didn't look like they were polished. They actually looked like they were firemen. Right. Like the police chief taking her Manu around. was bald. Yeah, polished, nice, nice. Uh, but but I really felt like I was watching this this show, and I think that's why it brought it, it brought me in to it. Well, listen to this too. I felt the exact same way. And after I uh, consulted Stephen about this, <laughs> that son of a bitch. Yeah. I, 
Why? Why? I shouldn't bring that. I'm just teasing Steven. You're not a son of a bitch. You're a bitch. But uh, anyways, uh, just teasing. Um, I read that uh, this the place where they filmed this was not a set. It was an actual old building. Oh, really? With old architecture. And, and the thing is, is people don't make buildings like that anymore. Where I mean, you, you I mean, you could tell it was old. You could tell that. Um, uh, for instance, let's put it this way: my house. You know what? It's two years old. You know, it, it's you know pretty whatever. It's it's just a normal house. You go into mm. my parents-in-law's old house where it was built a hundred years ago. Mm. There is, I mean, the, the main floor and the top floor are pretty much you know, normal. I mean, they've done things to it, but the basement, there is like a room that they can go down into. That uh, that if you st- you go to the very back and there's another door, just an opening to uh, like a big hole just in the ground. Really? With a dirt floor. Why? It's like there's these. I don't know. That's. I guess it's. And they kind of get. And this building kind of gives me. Uh, since it's older, it kind of makes me think that you know there might be all these little weird mm. things that uh, you know that just used to be there. And old. And since I'm not an architecture major or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, I just thought it was really cool how there was the building. And then there was this at, uh, penthouse. With all these like weird mm. little places to go and attics and stuff like that mm-hmm. that uh, you probably wouldn't see in a in a newly made building, or else it would be more. Um, I mean, it would just be more. I don't know. It wouldn't be old attic putting a bunch of shit up there and stuff like that. But I think that the actual location of this gave it a lot of credibility in my mind. Mm-hmm. I think that really added to the movie. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it, if it wouldn't have worked in a new one, but that plus the fact that. Um, the filming seems so genuine. Yeah. In this genuine location, I think that's what made this movie. Well, you know, and then the rest. Of it. it was frantic. This movie was, was frantic. But but they caught facial expressions of yes. the infected. Well, they made the, the and, most horrifying yeah. sounds. And they jumped at the right times, and the you know the shadows, and oh, it just this this movie just came together so well. And and you know what? I know that we're not going to get into bashing on. The American-made quarantine that, that that came into this, but well, it just the thing blew is, is the, we can't blew it away. We cannot just disregard quarantine. Yeah, I have some thoughts about this, and uh, well, well, first of all, let's finish this and let's talk all about right. some of those thoughts. Basically, so they get they get caught in this in a terrifying situation, in my opinion. They they all get locked in there. Uh, I guess the Spanish. Uh, version of the CDC locks them in there, mm-hmm. and they cannot leave. And they are there with, uh, you know, these infected beings. And we don't really know what the infection is in this. Really, I mean, uh, yeah, they find out what it is. Well, more or less. Oh no, you're right. No, they do. No, you're right. It's a it's an advanced form of rabies. No, no, that's in the, that's in quarantine. No, that, don't they talk about that in Rack? No. Oh. They do find out what it is, but um, I think it has... Remember, they, they go up to the top. Well, okay, so let's talk about it. Okay. Basically, people are getting, getting uh, you know, zombified, I guess you can call it, uh, one by one, and until there are only a few left. And I don't want to ruin it too much, um, but they go in and they, they go and they end up in the penthouse, and there is that's where all this stuff is revealed. And what I liked about this one and maybe this is just because this is a, a personal preference of mine. Uh, there's this guy, you know, taking notes, a scientist trying to figure out what this is. He ends up, uh, you know, enlisting the help of like an exorcist, things like that, to wonder what it is. But I mean, it's I don't, I can't remember if it's exactly explained. I mean, I watched this like two days ago. 
But I also just watched Quarantine right now, and so maybe I'm getting a little mixed up. The end parts are terrifying. Absolutely. Terrifying. Yes. And there are completely, uh, there's nothing like them that I've seen in a movie. You know, well, uh, at least not to that, Mm -hmm. not not presented in the same way. Mm -hmm. Which I don't think would have worked if not for the shaky cam, if not for the, the, I mean, it was fine throughout the movie. And it did lead to some frantic you know, crazy, you just get a shot of this and, you know, a quick glimpse at that. But this ending point made it so terrifying yeah. that it was unbelievable. Anyways. Um, this movie would be one of those that will be talked about in 20 years, I think. I agree with you. Um, let's talk about Quarantine versus Wreck. Okay. Now, I don't give a shit who's talked about Quarantine versus Wreck. You know what? We're going to give you our own take. That's okay, right. Okay, Steven? That's Why right. am I so worried about what Steven thinks? I, I don't know. I'll, I'll cut that out. Because I think it's the people in China that are listening to us that, that haven't heard it from maybe some of the other podcasts since we advertise over there. We do. We, yeah. we put a lot of our marketing budget over in China. Um, okay, so quarantine versus Rick. First of all, what are your just overall overall thoughts about the two, between the two? I, <clears throat> I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping true to Rick. But the problem that they had for me was that it did not engage me. It didn't bring me into the point where I really felt like Jennifer Carpenter was a real person you know, interviewing people and things like that. Before I saw, I saw this before I've seen, I saw any Dexter episodes. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'd only seen Jennifer Carpenter in Exorcism of Emily Rose. And I was not a big fan. And yeah. I still think she kind of looks like she got smacked in the face with the shovel. But... <laughs> Looks like somebody hung her by her eyes right here and brought them up. Her eyes point up. I've oh, never you know seen what? that. I'm glad you could say that since you're so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm just teasing right after I just said the whole shovel to the face thing. But it just seemed it just seemed to be it's Rex seemed to have so much more soul to me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna play the devil's advocate here because I mean people complain about that all the time and why is that why I, if people were complaining about quarantine before anybody had ever seen it now what do you think it is about it that the people were just so pissed off about well because you have the internet and you have media getting out there so quick right that when they showed the advertisements for quarantine they showed the no, very last that, freaking scene and, that's and then they denied it they said no there's there's more after that and like they, they're trying because they realized they screwed it up you, yeah. and, that, yeah, and i think that that people people that had watched wreck and and loved it uh-huh. they see that and i'm like you just freaking ruined the movie for everybody exactly. that didn't see wreck and isn't gonna, and is waiting for the english version but if you think about it if you'd never seen wreck if you'd never whatever that wouldn't i don't think that would have ruined it necessarily for you yeah probably not but but no, I, I completely agree. I think that because like, I mean I I have to admit when I the first time I saw Wreck, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. It kicked so much ass. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about quarantine coming out, and I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why is this necessary? Are we so small minded as an American people that uh, you know we we need to be have this put in our language? Right. That, that we that we need the big budget thing that we can't handle. You know, a, dealing with. A movie coming out of a culture that's not our own, you know, and and I and I just I, I was really against it and really against it, and I went and saw it, and I yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't that big of a fan, and I was trying to be very, uh, I, I was trying to go into it with a clear mind and not prejudge mm-hmm. it. But I still I mean I still didn't like it, but really I don't know if it was that terrible. It's not terrible. It's not terrible at all. No, and I and I do like Doug Jones playing the monster in Quarantine, but let me let me bring something up too. Uh, he did. 
Doug Jones played it in quarantine. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I love Doug Jones. Yeah, Doug that Jones guy's is awesome. freaky. For I think number one thing that this had, eight, the quarantine ran eighty nine minutes, and like we said, Rec spent only seventy five minutes mm-hmm. in the movie well, with a running time. And the thing is, is you can tell that there is fluff in quarantine, and it just didn't seem as tight. Especially they they spent a little too much time in the beginning at the fire station, in my opinion. And I know this isn't about Rec. Uh, sorry about quarantine, but uh, and uh, you know I was hoping not to go into it too this much. But there's one point, I, just one devil's advocate point I wanted to bring up. They're basically the same movie. Would you disagree? Would, would no, you it agree is. or disagree? Yeah, it is. Um, now, if it's in it, it, quarantine, made a killing at the box office. I think it cost uh, twelve mil, and uh, it it uh, it grossed forty two mil. Oh, good. So I mean, it was it was a big success. Now, let me ask you something. And 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 I know, I realize that the that the comparison I'm about to make may or may not still be applicable since uh, the movies that I'm going to bring up were made in a different day and age and a whole different era basically in filmmaking. Did you know that with the original uh, Dracula, 1931, Bela Lugosi's Dracula, that they made in the evenings they would basically shoot that during the day and in the evenings. They would have a whole Spanish crew come on and do the exact same thing on the exact same set, just so it was in a different language. No, I didn't know that. And basically what, ha- what ended up happening is that the Spanish crew would take a look at the dailies from the, you know, from the, 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 night, the Bela Lugosi version of Dracula, and they'd say, oh, well, we could do this better, this better. And a lot of people think that's actually a better version of it because, you know. But the thing is, is the only difference, though, really are the actors in the language. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of this on a too shallow of a level, but I wonder how many people out there would not watch Wreck because of the language um, limitation and um, you know maybe some of the cultural differences. You know, I, I think that I would hope that we would get more credit than that, like you said, small-minded. Well, 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 and the thing is, is you know, to, to play the devil's devil's advocate, I mean, it's a much smaller world now with mm-hmm. the internet, you know, than it was back then. With the internet, with telecommunications, with business, with worldwide business and stuff like that, and you know, being able to fly, you know, it, it's a much smaller world now than it was back then. But in essence, you know, they did it back then. Nobody got pissed off. You know, I mean, they. I, I don't know if they didn't have the technology to put on subtitles. Um, I don't know if they didn't just want to dub it. You know, they, I, I assume they could have just dubbed it. You know, I think that I think Rec would have done great if they would have just released it with the subtitles and and put it in the theater. Well, that makes me wonder. I mean, uh, is Hollywood right in doing that since it made so much money, or are they uh, underestimating the, we'll never the know. audience? We won't, we won't know. We won't, and, we will and never know until another movie comes out that is like that that has the subtitles. That we can go test it against. If it was that good, if Hollywood thought it was that good, they should have just gone with it. They should have somehow just... And maybe they wanted their piece. Maybe that's the no, other no, thing. No, absolutely true. But the thing is, is if you think about it, the same company that put out Quarantine could have made a deal with the guys who put out Wrecked and said, you know what, if we can have this big of a take, then you know we then we'll, we'll uh, distribute this in, in North America or whatever, and uh, they wouldn't have to spend the $12 million to remake it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it it boggles my mind. I mean, there's so many questions that uh, that just like we will never know. Just like you said, because they didn't try it. Has it ever been tried before? 
I'm sure it has. I mean, I'm sure you, you have movies that come to the art houses all the time. Well, but the art it. houses is but a that's completely what I'm different saying. scene they, than the They could have taken this and released it at mainstream theaters, and I think it would have caught on. I wonder. I, I think know. it would have caught on. I, or show it at a film festival. Show well, it at a film and then have it catch on. I, I still, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, but it did show at film festivals. I mean, it was shown all over the world before quarantine was made, but... The thing is, is film festivals and art houses do not have nearly the worldwide reach that these megaplexes. No, do. they don't. But I think that, that the ones that are good, the movies that are good at those, at those, uh, well, I guess good by popular standard, maybe end up getting their their name out there. I know. Can you see some like really young high school kid taking a date to somewhere they have to read? I don't know. Maybe I'm a dumbass. Maybe I'm not in touch with today's youth anymore. Eh, you know, what, I do find point. it hard to believe. That's a good point. Maybe, maybe not that audience, and maybe that's who went to go see it or would should go see it. Well, I mean, who goes to see who, uh, horror movies these days? You know, yeah. I mean, how how many times do we bitch about going to a horror movie and having movie talkers there? Yeah. It's that type of stupid asshole that's that's there watching it. Right. You know, maybe they could have released it, and we could have uh, not had to worry about movie talkers mm-hmm. because they wouldn't have been there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not making any uh, any hypothesis. Just just a point yeah, to bring no, up. That's a good question. Anyways, what do you got? Well, I give this a bone saw. Oh, bone saw for me too, I give without this a, a doubt. Saw. Yeah, this was the easiest. Easily. This is one of the easiest bone saws I've given up. Yeah. So there was no memories because I'm not counting um, the the creature at the end because that was gross. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone was looking for that, uh, too bad. Um, <clears throat> what did I learn? The government will screw you in your time of need. Uh, the wreck is better than quarantine, and that they let Jennifer Carpenter play herself as a creature in the upstairs bedroom. Oh my. <laughs> In the first movie, in, in Wreck. <laughs> you know, that's, that's so funny you say that because, like, even in Dexter, they always talk about how hot she is. So I just I don't get I it. I don't know. She's probably a very nice person. No, she's and not. A very no, talented, no, she's and not. a very talented actress. Come on. No, she's Come not. Come on. No. Give her that. No. Give her that. No. All right. Um, so the Six Degrees, Martha Carbonell, she played an, an older lady in uh, Wreck, was in Cheetah Girls 2. <laughs> <laughs> wow. With uh, Lynn Whitfield, who was in Head of State with Bertie Mac, who was in Ocean's 13 with George Clooney, who was in Intolerable Cruelty with Bruce Campbell. Beautiful. You know what? I have... This episode is long as hell already. I love it! But I think I'm gonna have, I think we're going to have even more to talk about with Dead Girl. But let's take a quick break. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Let's take a quick break. Because, yeah, we could end it now. But we're not going to. No, because we have one of the most... Amazing movies to talk about. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Prime member of the Douchebag Podcasting Network. Podcasting? What the fuck is that bullshit? All right, we are back for our final movie of our one-year anniversary show. And what a movie it is to what end that one year. D- you know what? To crown a full year of horror movies. Yes, uh, one year and one week. Yes. But let's just get into the regular business. I think that we're going to have some uh, interesting things to talk yeah. about uh, once we get into it. Uh, Dead Girl, the year it was released is 2008. 
Uh, it was written by Marcel Sarmiento and Gadi Harrell. I'm sorry, it was directed by those two. Did I say that? It was written by Trent Haga, uh, who actually, the writer, co-starred in Troma's Terra Firma. You ever seen that? No. <laughs> Let's just say, wow, they, he made a big jump. Uh, IMDb gave it a 6.0, which is really low to me. 6.0? Which seems None of people have seen it. Well, well, no, no. And, and actually, I think a lot of people see it, but I don't know if a lot of people understand. Well, I don't know if they understood, but they didn't see it the same way I did. Yeah. And I, and I took some notes of this because this is one of those movies that I feel like I want to defend. That's yeah. how much I like it. Right. And, we'll, and, and I actually went out and got some extra notes about you know some of the reviews, things mm-hmm. like that. Anyway. Uh, was starring Shiloh Fernandez as Ricky, Noah Segan as JT. That sucker is psycho. Yeah, uh, Michael, he talks like Jiminy the Cricket yeah, at the end. It's he does. Crazy. He gets he gets all high because it's he's intense. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bowen is Clint, who is the step or the the oh, yeah. dad's boyfriend. Uh, Candace Acola as Joanne, uh, Andrew De Palma as Johnny, Eric Podnar. As Wheeler, who I think was in the Disney show as well. Really? But I cannot tell you which You know one. that Clint? You know Clint? Do you know what else he was in? Clint, uh... Which, the stepdad, oh, or the oh, yeah, boyfriend? Oh, yeah. He was in, the, he was in uh, uh, Walking Tall with The Rock. Yeah, he was also in Brigham City, a Mormon-made movie here locally. <laughs> really? He was a cop. Sweet. He was a cop. He was a cop in Walking Tall. How about that? Um, and uh, Nolan Gerard Funk played Dwyer. Synopsis. Ditching school on a lark in favor of downing beers and raising hell in an abandoned mental hospital, two high school kids from the wrong side of the tracks make a horrifying discovery that will test their morals and serve as the catalyst for a dangerous battle of wills. Ricky and JT are the kind of kids more likely to be caught smoking in the boys' room than studying in the library. So when they skip out of class to explore a crumbling mental hospital, it seems like just another day of mischief and mayhem. What seemed to be a business as usual becomes anything but when they find a two when the two boys break through a rusted door leading into a dark boiler room and discover a naked woman tied to a gurney and covered in plastic. Since the door to the boiler room was rusted shut, it seems unlikely that any living soul has inhabited the space for years. Yet when the body shows signs of life, JT immediately suggests that he and his pal should have a little lewd fun with their helpless captive. But while Ricky may be somewhat reckless, his moral compass still points in the right direction, and he wants, no pun intended, he wants nothing to do with such sordid affairs. Later, when the word of Ricky and JT's discovery gets out, tensions flare as events take a darkly disturbing turn. That was a long-ass synopsis. It is, but it sets it up pretty well. What do you got for me? You know, this movie has a lot of layers and a lot of things that are going on. It's It's like an onion. (laughs) It's like an onion. I wasn't going to say that. I know. <laughs> you but, say it's uh, like an ogre. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was it was interesting because that, that mental hospital reminded me kind of like the Heidelberg that was in, in Farmington. Farmington. Yeah. It was uh, an old German restaurant that uh, Farmington didn't have much going on. And you had this German restaurant that was in the middle of... By the way, Farmington's where we grew up. Oh, that's right. And you have this Heidelberg that's this German restaurant in the middle of a neighborhood. And anyway, so it ended up shutting down, and, and it went haunted for a while, and then somebody bought it and redid it. But in the meantime, there was a lot. It just it reminded me of... Well, people used to break into there yeah. and explore it. I did it. Yeah. So it kind of reminded me that, just kind of that teenage, hey, I'm going to go explore and be crazy, and I can go break stuff. Well, what a kick-ass place. Did. Yeah. 
you know what a kick-ass place to go there. Yeah. And, and I mean, nobody's gonna be around. You can break all the shit you want. Yep. There's tons of cool stuff in there to break. You know why yeah. not? Why yeah. not go in and in, in uh, you know just, just be mischievous? I mean, well, and it reminded yeah. me of the good old days. We used to do pipe bombs and oh yeah, we'd get pumpkins and break mailboxes. What? And, no, we wouldn't. Yeah, well, yeah, we did. No, we what? Fill up the Your Plymouth. mom did. <laughs> Fill up the Plymouth Horizon with handheld pumpkins. <laughs> anyway, car <laughs> and uh, you know and paintball guns and stuff like that. But um, you know, I really. I, at first, I was like, you know what? Who really is that angry as a teenager? And then I started thinking, well, you know, maybe I wasn't that angry as a teenager, but I sure wanted to bust out and kind of do my own thing. And I guess that's that's as much as I identified with JT and Ricky. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, these two guys, I mean, I mean, I think there's one part where JT explains to a couple of the jocks. He's basically saying, listen, you know what? If you screw up here, you're going to miss out on college. You're going to miss out on this and that. You have these great lives waiting ahead of you. What are we going to miss? We're going to miss a few divorces, a few kids, a few years in jail. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, that's a pretty bleak outlook on life. Yeah. But I mean, so these are kind of a self destructive kids in the first place Mm -hmm. because, I mean, how depressing would it be to realize that, you know what? Chances are you're not going anywhere. But, and that's kind of what I'm talking about, where, you know, it's kind of a testament on society and the way that society is. Absolutely. Because there are winners and losers in society, and a lot of it is self made. But some people have circumstances that they can't bust out of, and these guys just seem to settle for the circumstances that they're in. Well, but they were going to make the best of it. Something good, in quotation marks, happens to them, and they're going to make the best of it. (laughs) They're they're taking advantage of it. Well, and let's put it this way. Okay, now. No, I don't even want to. I don't even want to do this. But I don't. I mean, who knows what the hell any of us would have done in that situation? Now, I would hope that I wouldn't have done anything nearly that bad. But the thing is, is you don't know until you get there. No, and there's you know there's a story that always haunts me that I learned um, in my philosophy class in college, and I wish I could remember. I always forget the name of the the king, but this king ended up finding a, a ring, and the story goes. Is his name Smeagol? No, no. But the story goes that the ring would turn him invisible, and he could actually go do things that there was no way he could get caught doing. Uh-huh. So he started, you know, looking at women and doing some other stuff, or stealing things just because he could. He's a king, for heaven's sakes. Right. Well, the philosophy goes that if human nature is such that if there is no way you're going to get caught, you would choose the bad. Absolutely. And that's what scares the shit out of me when I'm watching this movie. Is the exact same thing because I'm asking myself, if I was an angry teenager and I was in that situation, what would I do? I I hope I would be Ricky, but I don't know, dude. Well, I, I don't there, know. I mean, well, well, a couple of things that, uh, you know, to pull us back down to earth. Ew. You know. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, let, let's go. Let, I mean, let's go through the story. So basically, you know, they find this hideous, ugly. You know, the thing, the funny thing is, is the actress who played the dead girl is actually pretty good she looking. Is, she is. And, Jenny Spain. Uh, yep. And uh, they, they, they make her, you know, the thing is, is you can actually, uh, they put her on a gurney, they have her t- the, like shackled to this gurney, there's plastic over. Um, I mean, you can tell that probably when she was alive, she was a good looking mm-hmm. woman, but they have made her so hideous with the makeup and, and whatever that it, I mean, it, and it's not so bad. It's not like it's like rotting flesh coming off. It's not like... Uh, you know any of that going on? It's just that you—it's decayed. Yeah. There, there, there's this definite. Her skin is off color. It's sallow. Know, it's dirty. You know, there. Her eyes are bloodshot. Bloodshot. It, 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 
and she comes her, up with her these... mouth is kind of black. Yeah, inside. exactly. Um, basically, they find they find her. They um, here's JT and Ricky down there. They they pull they pull off the, um, um, the the plastic, and what happens is Ricky's like, "What? What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. When JT says, "You know, you know, here she is. Let's you know, let's get it on." So Ricky actually takes off. He's like, "I do not want any part of this." He takes off. He actually almost calls the cops until his stupid ass mom's boyfriend shows up and tries to give him this nice talk. Because uh, he, he gets hit, right? JT oh yeah, punches JT him. punches him. Right, you're right. Um, basically, they go back. Uh, he goes home. He, he gets his gun, and I, for some reason, because he's pissed off, he starts shooting in this alley. JT shows yeah, like up. Yeah, like an under and underpass. Yeah, underpass. JT shows up and says, "Dude, you have got to see this, and I cannot tell you what it is." I have to show you what it is. He leads him back to the the mental hospital, back to where this this uh, girl is. And at this point, they don't. I mean, they just think that she's some girl who's been tied up, you know. And that's probably why they started doing her in the first place. Maybe you know, let's throw that wrench into it and then think if you would have done it or not. No. no. Well, no. That was J- JT was the only one that thought that she in, was tied up. In the well, well no, you're right. No, no, in the beginning, they didn't tell anybody else that she was the dead girl. Right. Well, so what happens is they find they go back and JT takes the gun from Ricky and shoots her. Ricky starts freaking out, like, "What did you just do? You just killed this person who you know I should have called the cops, whatever." They find out that it doesn't affect her, that there's nothing in there. Like, well, how did you find out? JT's like, "Well, I was doing her. She got a little wild, so I strangled her to death." Yeah, but he said he felt her neck snap. Yeah, exactly. And so basically. I mean, what a revelation there. What a sick bastard for finding out that that's, that's how they found out that you did. Anyway, so we go back and forth. I mean, and we also go through their lives. I mean, they're, they're disenfranchised. The, these kids who have nothing, like, like we were saying, who have nothing to look forward to in their lives. I think JT gets a little tired of Ricky being kind of the, 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 you know, the conscience you know, in you know, in this whole situation, so he brings in a buddy who's kind of just like a follower, yeah, named uh, Wheeler. Wheeler, and he reminded me of one he, of the monkeys because he had that beanie cap yeah. on all the time. Well, so Wheeler goes in there, and I mean, you can tell that. Uh, I mean, even out of these three, that that uh, or sorry, just out of JT and Wheeler, the JT is a stronger personality. Wheeler's just there along for the ride. He's not going to question JT. You know, and that's basically what I think JT's looking for. And it's this whole, like, type of behavior that outlines just just the interactions between all the, these three guys, which is pretty, which is pretty uh, interesting in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But you add this, you add this other, you know, variable into the situation. Anyways, am I talking too much? No, here? no, because I I'm following right along. I think it's important that we talk about progression here so you know as we go through we are introduced to this girl who who ricky loves joanne and you know ricky you know had a relationship with her when you know they were 12 they were friends but now of course she's gone with the cool kids and he's not and he has a huge problem with this because apparently he cannot think of anything besides this girl there's one point in the movie when she he actually just is is just is events unfold they end up talking and he asks her out on a date and basically she just says you know that was a different time yeah like like almost like how could you even think that that's an option for you type of, she, i mean she's not like a bitch about it mm-hmm. really but it's it's how it comes across is you know it, i think it just shatters him i mean as if his life wasn't bad enough 
here's this girl that solely because he is who he is will have nothing to do with him. You know, moving on. They go in the parking lot. Oh, that's right. And oh, Johnny. Yeah, her boyfriend ends up. What happens is, is Wheeler and uh, Ricky are in the parking lot and they're talking about stuff. And uh, you know, Ricky's saying we gotta we gotta knock this off. And Wheeler's like, "Listen, this is just how it is. We're who we are. JT, nobody cares about JT except for us and right. JT." Well, the jocks come out and they're ticked off about um, Ricky. Uh, Ricky talking to Joanne, and so they beat the crap out of these guys. There's a big fight, and that's when Wheeler lets it slip because you know he's angry. Yeah, he lets it slip. Listen, you guys can keep your whore, your cheerleader whores. We've got the best freaking whore in the whole exactly. town. She's got sweet tits and all this kind. Of, <laughs> he just goes off about all this kind of stuff, and and those jocks are like, uh, okay, there's something here. So they right. they kidnap him and take him to to the dead girl. Well, they basically beat the shit out of him, throw him in the trunk, and say and make and just take it to the hospital and make these two guys show mm-hmm. what's going on. And this is it leads up to one of the most disturbing. Parts of the movie, which is saying something as far as disturbing parts of this movie. Basically, they take the two jocks down. Jocks are just like, What the hell? What, you know, and they are just, they're just like, What is this sick shit? And then all of a sudden, JT's there in a robe. In his you know, Playboy robe. And the funny thing is, is he just kind of, he just kind of there all calm and, and just starts talking to him like, Hey, you know, this is what it is. Check it out. Go ahead and ha- take a piece of it, you know? Well, and the interesting part about this, and I always complain about the monologuing, but the monologues that JT goes off are so pertinent and so... Well, they're, they're just... They, they hit home about people's stations in life. I was going to say, they bring up they bring up themes and, yeah. and just facts about their existence that just seem poignant. Well, there's that, and, and, and as far as the dead girl goes, these jocks, you can tell they're not believing what these guys are saying. Right. JT is saying, they're like, why is she tied up? And he's like, because she likes it that way. Right. She likes the whips and chains and handcuffs. And, you know, I think that in the back of their minds, they're not believing that either. It's right. wishful thinking on their part because they really want to go ahead and try this crazy thing. They end up getting talked into it because their manhood is questioned. Right. And so they end up, uh, one of them takes the, the top, one of them takes the, the, the bottom, one of them takes the head, one of them takes the other thing. Anyway, so I'm not going <laughs> to, it's just so, I can't even bring myself to start saying it just because well, in, in it's the, so disturbing. And the thing is, is uh, Johnny, who is, is kind of the main baddie, who is Joanne's boyfriend, um, was just like, you know what? I've got a better piece yeah. waiting at home. It's just hard to talk about without yeah. getting like too know. graphic or whatever. But he's like, I got a way better piece waiting at home. And he's like, well, and uh, knowing that uh, that this this dead girl is just like feral and just crazy and wild, you know, and has bitten and will kick the shit out of you if given mm-hmm. the chance. Because Ricky's actually tried to to get her loose before, yeah. you know, and she just went wild. But Ricky tells Johnny. To to do it in the mouth. Yeah, he's like, if you're so that. if you're so if you're so brave, he's like, I bet you never have. Yeah, you exactly. Know, just questions his manhood, and then finally Johnny's got like, you know what? Shut up. And if my if if Joanne finds out about this, I'll kill you. Now, so then so then they do it. Now and here's the here's a question that um, I think we're gonna. Sp- I don't want to. I mean, we're not gonna spoil it. I don't think we should spoil it, but I think that. If we talk about more of the themes, and especially at the end, 
You know, if if we get too close, we can spoil. And the thing is, this movie isn't widely available yet. I flew mm-hmm. up to Toronto to the Toronto Film Festival <laughs> to watch this. Well, and I backed up your version of the Toronto Film Festival. Yes, just so that I I made sure that I didn't lose it. Yes, <laughs> and uh, so you know what? I don't think we should go into it. I think much. that's probably about where we should stay. It just it goes on. There's there's a climax. Um, well, well, no, I do want to mention one other thing. No, I don't. No, just I was going to go. Damn it! Because this I was going to go into so much fun to talk. I was going to go into that. I was going to go into that part too. You can't. I was going to go into that part too. But if we go into that, and then people start getting the idea of why they did that, yeah, exactly. And then they're going to know the end. Which, which the thing is, is even if we were to, I mean, we're not going to, but even if we were to tell you exactly step by step by step what happens the rest of this movie, I think that it's. I mean, it's not going to be obviously. It's not going to be as good. But I think it's it would still really be worth watching because you will be because of the moral dilemmas, the yeah. decisions that are made, some uh, the madness that this whole situation brings up, just gets really intense. And I'll tell you what, JT, the guy who plays JT, I think did a kick ass. Is he? Job. What else is he in? I don't. I don't know. I, I looked at it. I don't think he's in much of. Anything that I've ever seen before. Now, but let's let's do mention a couple of bad things about this. None of the of the like non main characters really could act. Johnny couldn't act. The girl, the the Joanne. I was have there was a couple of parts where you're just like that is unnatural. Yeah, girls don't act like that. And trust me, I know girls. Okay, <laughs> I just tease them. But um, there there. I mean, there were a couple of problems there. And you know what? There were a few far fetched things. Or no, no, few issues that may be far fetched. But given these boys' frame of mind and the the fact that they are where they are in their lives, their station in life, their outlook for their future, it it it, it starts to seem more plausible. You mm-hmm. know, the the deeper that you think about these situations. Now, I'm not going to say this is a a perfect movie, but I will say that it is very disturbing. It is. I mean, in this, it's haunting. It's haunt. Yeah, you'll think about yeah. this movie afterward. There are two scenes in particular, two that I that I cannot get out of my head, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen this movie three times now <laughs> because I'm just like I can't. I mean, I it's it is haunting. There's a scene where Ricky comes back from when JT talks him into coming, and he and he just shoots her down downstairs, uh-huh. and she turns over, and it's the first time you see her with her eyes open. And the look on her face when she turns over yeah. is absolutely frightening. Yeah. It was this, I I was watching it downstairs on my TV, and it was about two in the morning, and I I paused it because I was I I was gonna turn it off. I mean, it really it sent a, <laughs> it sent a shiver down my spine. And you can call me a wuss or whatever, but it really affected me. I yeah, I paused it. I looked around. I'm like, I I don't know if I'm gonna finish this tonight. The second thing, <clears throat> the second image that really sticks with me is after, you know, JT is putting makeup on her. Oh, yeah. And, I have notes with that. And then she ends up, the, a dog that's that's been roaming around comes in and, and chases him every once in a while. Well, this dog comes in and uh, is, is going after JT, gets up on top of the dead girl, and she kills the dog. And the flashback to her. With the makeup right. on her face and the blood splattered on her face and just the look of she kind of has not, well, not like a really a grin but just kind no of just a, like it she's kind of satisfied yeah. that way is absolutely terrifying it those two things I can't get those out of my head no. those are really scared that really there's so much stuff me. to talk about with this movie yeah. that 
I, I really want to talk about, but maybe maybe we'll revisit this film in you know maybe a year after it comes out or six months I think, after. It comes I think out. that would be a good idea because I, I really don't think we want to ruin this. No. Plus, I mean, we're going so damn long, anyways, and we're not we're not done yet. Here here's where um, this is one of those movies that makes me want to find out more about it. It's one of those ones where you want to say, what what have all these other actors been mm-hmm. in? Because what could lead you up to this thing? And the funny thing is, is I don't think that any there's anything close to this. I mean, there may be horror movies and whatnot, but not to the level of this. And it makes me want to think, oh, where was this filmed? Where, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just, just because it's so interesting, I, you know, I want to know more about mm-hmm. it. Well, I go to the internet, and my first mistake was I go to IMDb and read some of the IMDb posters. Now, I don't know if there are, now, excuse me, of course, nobody listening to this is part of this, but IMDb posters are second in stupidness only to YouTube posters. <laughs> okay, I don't know. And, and in the spirit of me wanting to defend this movie, that I cannot believe it only got a six point zero. Um, there, there were a couple things that um, uh, that were really just stupid that came up to me that I just want to kick their ass for. The first, the first thing was was there were a lot. There were a lot of people just talking about. Oh my gosh, wouldn't she be more rotten? You know, wouldn't would you be this? And so it's like, yeah. Okay, and, and, you know, and this—I mean, this isn't just one person. I mean, these are people agreeing, like almost like groupthink, where you know, one person thinks it, and everybody's just gonna follow them. Mm-hmm. But you know, and I thought about that. Well, well, wouldn't she? And then I just realized, you know what? We don't know the origin of this yeah. dead girl. No. How do we know how quickly she would be rotten? How do we know how long she'd been there? You know, how how, how do we know that what how that if the way that she was made into this undead being would have preserved her. I mean, how do we know any of that? Can yeah. you can you make that assumption? Um there were a lot of people on there saying, Oh, these these dudes would not ever have sex with it. It's just so stupid that that's based on it's like we talked about it. It's like first of all, in the first place, did they really know she's dead? And second of all, you know, after they found out she's dead, these kids are not They're not getting action anywhere else and it's working. Well well not only that, these kids are I mean, I would say that they're pretty clinically depressed. Yeah, right. You know, and I think it's pretty amazing what, I mean, not that I really have any experience with this, but you think that the desperation would come into it if you're that depressed to find some kind of a way to not really necessarily break your monotony, but have something to look forward to. Because mm-hmm. there was nothing in these kids' lives right. that we could tell that would really... JT lives with his grandma who doesn't <laughs> even pay attention to him. Exactly. And you just find that out through conversation, but... Yeah. Um, let's see. You know, I'm not even going to go into those because some of these get so stupid asshole. But the one thing that really pissed me off is I went to Rotten Tomatoes and it at the time I looked, it only got a 38%. Really? And I'm just wondering to myself, how could this how how could I be so wrong in liking this movie? Am I wrong? No. Am I? Well, no, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, how can these reviewers, and you know what I found out, that, that if you, in order to review a film and get into the critic section, you have to have some kind of film critic accreditation. That I, and I don't know how exactly you get it, and I'm not interested in getting it or anything like that, but, I mean, apparently you have to know a thing or two about film in general, I assume. Which is why this is so shocking that, um, and I, and I'm just going to call a few people out, not that they're ever going to hear this or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, tell me tell me what you think about these. Uh, first one's by Rex Reed of the New York Observer. Here's his review. 
written by a weirdo named Trent Haga for no other purpose than to outrage. Dead Girl is part S and M porno, partial supernatural chiller, and excuse me, and worthy only if you're interested in how far movies can go before the police arrive. What's your What's your first reaction to that? Uh, that uh, he doesn't observe anything. Well. That guy, you know that guy is exactly. not paying attention. He's, he's not paying he's attention. He's too busy calling this guy a weirdo yeah. to really look into the movie. And, and honestly, you, I mean, it was it was pretty graphic. And I mean, there's no doubt about that. But if all you got out of this was an S and M porno, then well, you were not paying attention. And that's the thing. Yeah. Okay. I have a memory count here of ten, twenty, thirty, four, fifty. Yeah. Okay. It is fifty. But they're all but. The- there's not like you see a couple in the background of them going to town on the body, but it's not all the time over the top, like sex the whole time. I, the it's thing not. Is, is I think that this guy was so shocked uh, because of the the material in it that he couldn't get past it. Yeah. So screw you. It's not an S and M. Rex Reed from the New York Observer. You get a kick in the left nut. Yeah. Let's talk about the next one. It's ultimately hard to work up any real enthusiasm for a feel for a film that paints virtually all of its male characters as sleazy rapists with necrophiliac tendencies. Now this one is a little bit I I think this isn't as far fetched as or as retarded as this uh, as the first one. But the thing is is I think what he's missing is the progression what led yeah, these kids. Right. You know in in uh, I mean I, I don't want to spoil this but Ricky in the beginning is a is the nice guy is the one that you know is but and you know throughout things that happened to him in his life it, it's a progression to to how am I going to say this without he ends up where he ends up because of the crap that happens and not it's not like he just jumped in and all right. said oh he's a crazy necrophiliac yeah you know and I mean all these kids are you know I mean especially JT is a sociopath or right. whatever but you know the thing is is it's amazing to me that that he I don't think you can sum up this movie that neatly with well, a bow. I, you're not enthused for this movie. You're no, you and, should and not you shouldn't true. be enthused for this movie other than it's it's a very interesting painting on society and to be able no, to absolutely. look at it as an observer and an interested party in in those types of things that's as enthusiastic as you're going to get well, if you're looking for a big entertainment thing or to get your rocks off or oh no, all that no, kind, no. no this is this is a depressing movie a very depressing dark but deep movie but the thing is is when somebody tries to marginalize something else right like uh, you know it, which applies to everything but this guy tries to marginalize this movie as you know whatever i think that i just wonder maybe these people have have just become way too jaded either that or they're or they're not paying a lot of attention or they're not understanding i mean i don't know maybe i'm looking way too deep into it maybe this maybe this hits me in the core maybe maybe i should be disturbed about that or something um i have two more Let's, let's just hear go over him. No, let's hear him. Uh, much of the allegorical force Harold and Sarmiento's film has built up is undone by its utterly conventional, lame-ass switcheroo ending, which may be an indication of what that of, uh, that more than enough virtual ink has been spilt on this subject. Obviously, this guy is you know is just trying to. Do you think people are actually get a rush off criticizing films? Because I think that's what this guy's doing. The ending, although. I'm not going to say to you that it that you it's so difficult to figure out. Yeah. But I I think that again he's missing the point. I yeah. don't think that that's the point. I think if what made what 
events happened to to lead to this final. It's, it's how you get from A to B. Exactly. And and yeah, oh, sure. You know what you know what B is. And it, it's not like it's not like an M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Well, right. I'm only gonna say the Sixth Sense because I'm not a big fan of really yeah. any of his ones. But it's not like you're gonna pull a Sixth Sense and go, "Whoa, that was a twist." Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it, you're gonna you know you could probably figure it out, and you're gonna have that idea, and you're gonna go, "Oh no, they wouldn't do that." But you know, but they end up doing it, and you're just like, mm. you know, it's not a switcheroo ending. No. I mean, because it's. If you call, it's, it's, it's not what, a switch. From what I get from what he's saying, is I remember watching uh, Monster Man. Remember doing that in like episode six? Yeah. The thing about that is they they made this movie. It's like they started with the end in mind, and yeah. then they made everything happen to get to that point. Right. I don't feel like that's what they. That's what he's saying. This movie did. Well, the thing and is, this movie didn't do that. I don't think that that was, there was a cheap ending at all. Even though you could figure it out, I don't think that's the point of it. I don't think this is a mystery. No story. Anyway, well, yeah. this is the last one, and then I'll leave it alone. Right. I, I'm kind of getting pissed off because these yeah. guys are lame. Um, Donald J. Levitt from Real Talk Movie Reviews. First of all, and I put this as a caveat: this guy's a really old dude, so I don't, I, I don't know if he would. Ex- I mean, he's probably the dude that uh, picked up uh, the girl in teeth at the end. Probably the same dude. Maybe. <laughs> um, it says with the slight hint of developing into more than a teen pleaser gore fest. Dead girl goes for the jugular and splatters blood. Now, when I think teen gore fest, you know, I think it may be like a scream, you know, yeah. or I think of, uh, you know, maybe a Friday the Thirteenth. Which was this, was this guy watching? This well, movie? that's what I'm wondering. And it's like, you know what? If all you can see in this is a teen pleasing gore fest, dude, that's not. There's not. Unbelievable. There's not much of that in there. What? This is, I mean, this is actually discourages me because yeah. here's this guy, you know, and the, I'm not. These weren't the only bad reviews, but there were a lot. There were some good reviews too, and so I'm just picking out some of the ones that piss me off. Why not? It's our year show. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that's it. You know, most of the teen gore movies are supposed to be fun, you know, and that's what I think of when I think of a teen gore movie. This was nothing of the sort. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many horror movies this guy watches. Period. Anyway, I'm done. I give it a bone saw. I give it a bone saw. And I won't own this movie. I I won't. Just because it's so disturbingly bad. I own it. But, you know, it's one of those that you got to watch. Like I said, the thing is, it's funny because I went to the website, and right now the website kind of sucks. It seems like it's kind of still under development. There's not a lot to it. But it's the kind of movie that makes me want to go visit its website. Yeah, right, right. I looked at all the actors, where they've been and stuff. Anyway, so 50 on the mammary count. Um, what did I learn? Dead girls just want to have fun. <laughs> and this is American Pie for necrophiliacs. Okay, those are the two things that I learned. Uh, <laughs> who else said that? Nothing lasts forever, Ricky. That was Ricky's mom in Talladega Nights. <laughs> and Ricky, we got to stick together. That was Mark Anthony to Ricky Martin trying to figure out sex. <laughs> wow Wow! Six Degrees, Shiloh Fernandez was in Gardens of the Night with John Malkovich Who was in Aragon with Juman Hansu Who was in The Island with Kim Coates Who was in Caught in the Headlights with Aaron Gray Who was in Loaded with Nicole Eggert Who was in The Demolitionist with Bruce Campbell Nice The Demolitionist? That's yeah. the one I have not seen Well, he's uncredited again Oh, right, duh so. Forgot that was the theme. <clears throat> We've been talking for so damn long. I know. Anyway, you know what? I I have one thing to bring up. Now that we're done talking about the movies, <laughs> all right. I'm getting tired of death scenes. 
Are you? Yeah, I don't want to do them anymore. <laughs> well, then let's make an announcement. Hey, we're not doing death scenes anymore. Uh, what, we, what we're going to do, though, is we're going to try to come up with uh, different and more exciting contests. And since we're going to be saving all that money, maybe we'll actually get something that's worth something. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe we'll just give out the same damn prizes for harder contests. Yeah, it's man. called inflation, people. Yeah. It's bad economy. <laughs> That economy for death scenes, <laughs> for contests. Anyways, uh, I don't know. You have any other final thoughts? I'm trying to think if I can make any radical changes to the show. What well, just on a whim? <laughs> um, I'm going to change my email address to Furberger. Yes. Oh yeah, no, that, it's no. already done. Oh, Send it yes. to Furberger. <laughs> so, um, you know, as usual. You know, we really appreciate all you guys listening. It's been a fun year. It's been mm-hmm. it's been so damn. Fun. I can't believe we made it a year. I can't believe it either. You know what the funny thing is? Is I just in just to get ready for this episode, I listened to episode one. Oh, you did, and it was it was just kind of eerie. Really? It's like, I, I mean, I not, should go back and do we're that. the same. I mean, obviously we're the same dudes, but it's like we. I think we. I don't. I, we obviously weren't nearly as comfortable. You know. <laughs> Well, I know that I, you know, because I was invited by you guys last minute, I'm thinking I was no. just kind of a guest. No. But uh, I I remember thinking I needed to take it so serious. Like, I need to be a serious movie review guy. And by episode six, I'm just like, I, I've got to say balls on, on the podcast. I just have to say it. And thus, Cadaver Labs' <laughs> whole legacy was... Is now born. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we and we do appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate all of the iTunes reviews we've gotten. We appreciate all of the emails, voicemails, everybody uh, voting for us on Podcast Alley. You know, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get sappy, but this has been a blast. Yeah, you know? it's good. It's been so damn fun. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, this is something that, um, you know, gets me excited for, you know, upcoming things. Cause I'm God, you know, life can get monotonous sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and this always kind of helps bring up. I mean, not that I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that this mm-hmm. is something definitely to look forward to. That way, if without this podcast, if we found a dead girl in the basement of a hospital, <laughs> we would do her. But since we have something to look for, I'm just teasing. Oh, man. I'm just teasing. Uh, but uh, as usual, you can email us at mike at com or sam at com, or you can go on our website, uh, which is at com, and there's a contact us link, and uh, there's a form you can fill out there. Uh, please send us voicemails. Our number is 206-339-2730. That is 206-339-2730. And uh, is that all we got? I think so. So next time is uh, we're going to continue on Friday the 13th, and uh, we're going awesome. to get through those. That It'll be a little more lighthearted, I think. Yeah, so we, it should be good. I'll pick some serious flicks. Well, at least the last two. So from the Cadaver Lab podcast, we will see you later. later.